Welcome everyone to the OG pod. Today, I'm very excited to have Vivek Bhakta, who is the co-founder and head, head of uh, infrastructure Correct. at Wamba Dream. And welcome, welcome. Very excited. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. So we met a couple months ago at a crypto event here in Austin, and I was shocked to see the capabilities of your app. And it's actually, I'm very proud to say, uh, generated the artwork for my podcast. That's right. So thank you so much no for problem. your creation and contribution and for coming on the show. No problem. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm very happy to have you. Okay, so um, it's a crazy time for AI, man. It's a really exciting time. Like we have these generators, we have these AI art things. Tell us, tell us how you got involved in this world and and what's the what's the story? Yeah, yeah, great question. So I started with Wombo. Thanks to this company, I guess, called Launch House. My brother, it was middle of COVID. My brother, um, he used to work at Uber with this fellow named Mike Hauk. And he was running like this. Have you heard of Launch House, by the way? Uh-uh. Oh, Launch House. Is it an accelerator? Yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah. an accelerator. It started out as like a, a place where uh, engineers, product thinkers, uh, builders would kind of go to this house for like a month. Everything would be paid for when, with your like little entry fee, and you just hack away. So they That's started cool, out huh? by going in Tulum. They had a house. They got an Airbnb, and then they uh, uh, made it into a business. They raised some money, all this good stuff. But before they raised money, they got Paris Hilton's mansion in L.A. Hell yeah. Wow. <laughs> and so my brother stayed there with... Paris Hilton? How'd they manage that? So I, I guess she doesn't live there anymore. Okay. But uh, it was Airbnb'd out, and so they... They paid whatever it was, 30, 40K a month. Mm -hmm. And they collected a bunch of rent from people. And they provided food. They provided guest speakers. I believe Andrew Chen was heavily involved in that. He leads A16Z's gaming division, I believe. Um, and so, obviously, it's a great place for uh, VCs to find a lot talent of deal and flow. And companies and, and deal flow. Exactly. And so, it was. it's like a hacker house. And there's a ton of these now. But before, um, there weren't that many. And... My brother was roommates with these guys. They were raising money uh, for Wombo uh, with the original app, which was the lip syncing one. I'm not sure if you've seen that one. I don't know if I have, so, but you guys have a suite, a family of apps. Yeah, two. Um, okay. Dream and... Wombo, like the original Wombo. Okay. Uh, that one was a deep fake lip syncing app. So you, you take a picture of yourself, uh, you upload your little selfie, and then we cropped your face, uh, and then we sync your face. I do remember this. Yeah. You guys got in trouble for it. We did get in trouble for it. Um, copyrighted music and whatnot. Though it's weird because like there's plenty of other apps that do the exact same things. That they actually stole, steal our branding, steal our logo. Really? Well, that's how you know you're successful, right? Yeah, but it's crazy because we got uh, uh, removed from the app store for a little bit uh, for this. But these other apps are still thriving, doing Doing pretty well. Can you share some stats just to clue people in how yeah. legit Dream is? Yeah. So Dream is huge, but the crazy one was actually Wombo Core, okay. which is what we call the original lip syncing one. Within two weeks of launching, maybe three weeks, 25 million downloads. Wow. Uh, 25 million. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And then on Dream, we had a slower start, but in May of 20, what was last year? 22. Uh, we were the number one app in like 50 plus countries for a couple of weeks on both the App Store and the Google Play Store, which was 
that's a huge accomplishment you're competing with every top tier app out there every other startup like it was it was mind-blowing we were doing like two million image generations an hour an hour yeah um, you guys hit some scaling issues we did hit some scaling issues and you're the man to solve it that's what head I of infrastructure. infrastructure exactly <laughs> so we run all of our infrastructure on aws currently and we were burning gpus yeah at one point i think we have like twelve thousand or thirteen thousand gpus running um is that a lot of your background like infrastructure and uh what is that layer called uh the cloud back end yeah cloud uh anyway yeah, so I'm, I term. started out as like a backend engineer. Okay. Uh, and then the reason I actually joined Wombo was because of Infra. They were having scaling issues before they had even like launched live publicly. So I came in and that's kind of how I joined was through that. And then I brought them over to AWS, was allowing them to scale. And then now... So you guys are getting 25 million downloads in two weeks. You're the top app of the app store. Is it just a party? Like what's going on Uh, in the office? Well, for me, it's kind of... Yeah, everything's on fire. Shit's on fire. Exactly. I'm I'm like dying over here. Um, (laughs) I was in Dubai actually with Ben, our CEO, and my co-founder. After one of our other co-founders' sister's wedding in India, we were meeting an investor. And that's when we hit the number one app spot and it was wild i didn't sleep for like 50 hours uh straight because we were like the servers are dying database was under load i was on the phone with aws our account manager was helping us all of our spend must be crazy spend was crazy that month was a a million dollar month a million dollars in compute holy shit and yeah it was just like holy crap and we were on we were like on our high horses we're like holy this is amazing you had the fire. capital to fund a million like how did did you have to raise emergency capital or so that's like, a great you... question uh because at that time the app was free we were not monetizing it um we had actually just signed a term sheet uh so we were happy we're like yeah let's let the gpus rip then we ran into some issues where uh the the term sheet got pulled from us because of the broader market mm. um there was some crypto stuff going on at the time, I don't know. If what you year was this? this? Like Terra Luna or? This exactly. Oh, okay. There you go. This is uh, Terra Luna. Yeah. Um, it started it all. The fuse that lit the powder keg of FTX and all exactly. the rest. And so, you know, they they gave us some money. So it was great. And then we're like, okay, like this is taking too long. The diligence is taking forever. We're like, we need this money to pay some bills. And so they, okay, here's some. We'll be back on Monday. If we don't give it to you, we'll give you another lump sum of money. Uh, turns out come, come Monday, it's like, ah, shit, uh, we're not gonna be able to go through with this, but keep the money that you have already. Like, well, yeah, you have a piece of the company. (laughs) Um, and so after that, we're like, shit, we got to aggressively monetize and pay, pay these bills somehow. And so then we had to add ads and then we had to add a premium subscription. We hate ads. Um, our CEO, that's why we never like weren't monetizing heavy at the beginning, because he's like, ads just make the experience a lot crappier. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I think makes Wombo as good as it is and makes it get to the top of the app stores is because of the user experience. The user experience yeah. is uh, it's amazing. We spend a lot of time on design, and our designers are fantastic. It is a beautiful app. Yeah. And easy to use, and uh, and you can like uh, just to let everyone know, you start, you open it up, you can provide a prompt and get different styles, and 
Can you upload like? You can upload yeah. input images. So there's this thing called image to image. So like I can take a picture of you here, and then I can try to put an AI generated piece of art over it. So basically, what that does is it'll instead of starting with noise um, in the diffusion process to get to where you need to go, you can start at uh, this image, like the image of you with a little bit of noise and then moving towards whatever prompt I enter. So, so can you talk, walk us through that process of like, how do you actually create these images where you start with noise and you work your way backwards? Yeah. So I should preface all of this with by no means am I an AI expert. I'll defer all of that. You know, a thousand times more than me. <laughs> um, I've learned because of our AI team. They're fantastic. They've been very patient with me and all my ridiculous questions. <clears throat> so what happens generally is you take uh, your your noise, which is where we start, and the 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 models that we use are diffusion models. So the way diffusion models work are they're denoising models. So you take a bunch of noise and you keep denoising until you get to where you need to go. So by, by where you need to go, you're feeding in a, a sample image of an apple. Or, or in the training? In, in the or, training yeah, segment. So you, you take a picture of an apple and you label it and say apple. That's where the text So that's where we know we want to get to. Exactly. And we start from noise. Yeah. So it's pure statics. You remember wow. popcorn on the TV? Yeah, yeah. When you look at the static, when you actually decode the latent point of where you're starting from, it just looks like that. Right. So it's like black and white static. Yep. And and then it's like working its way progressively somehow to an apple through some magic method to call diffusion. Exactly. exactly. So there's like a black box. And this is the what we use is actually a technique called latent diffusion. So it's faster where you're actually moving to the latent space instead of moving to the pixel space. Now, you might not get as accurate of an image, but I think that's part of the allure as well. Is the creative part of it like... Yeah, what do you mean, it's, accurate it's of an like image? Some, it, well, we started out with VQGAN and Clip, which is very different than the models that you see very publicly now, with the, which is like stable diffusion and uh, regular latent diffusion. Um, VQGAN and Clip is a lot more abstract. Uh, and this is what we started with before uh, stable diffusion open source there. Uh, who made who makes stable diffusion again? Stability. Um, oh, so you I might guess have I don't heard know them. Imad uh, Mostak. I believe mm. is how you say his last name. Brilliant fellow here. Um, he Stable Diffusion is like an open source trained uh, version of like a competitor to Dolly 2. Yeah. So Dolly 2 was trained in a lab in OpenAI. By OpenAI. Uh, which has billions from like Microsoft and whatnot. And most notably known for recently, ChatGPT. Yeah. Uh, which we can get into right after. But uh, Stable Diffusion is latent diffusion. The technique is called latent diffusion. It's called stable diffusion because stability, the company behind it, so they call it stable diffusion. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So That's it's all funny. the technique is still diffusion. It's a diffusion model using latent diffusion to move, traverse through the space. So diffusion specifically means starting from noise, working your way backwards yep. to the source. Yep. And then latent diffusion is the faster way of doing it. So they were able to train stable diffusion with, I think, sub-million dollars. I think it was around $600,000. Which is not to say it's cheap, but uh, for I'm sure you've seen how good it is. Yeah, and not just in our product; it's uh, pretty widely available now. Um, it's pretty. Oh, it's good. fantastic! Yeah. yeah, like the results that you can get with these models is are so interesting. Mm -hmm. um, 
So one of the things that I keep hearing that I wonder is true from your experience being in the game so directly is that the price of training these models continues to decline year after year. Is that accurate? That is 100% accurate. So uh, something like this probably 10 years ago would not have cost $600,000. The compute needed would like be 6 million insane. or 60 million like factors so, so those like factors I, don't, I can't speculate but you know moore's law every yeah so it's going to be multiples exactly so there's some multiplier above right yeah. the a100 by nvidia was fantastic i believe that's all they used to train this now in q2 of this year i believe or maybe end of q1 hopefully the h100 um nvidia's latest and greatest probably the best gpu in the world right now that's public like publicly available uh the h100 is coming out and so training is going to get even better better or cheaper cheaper and faster cheaper and faster because well, speed is like a big component yeah, for exactly. this stuff so i think there's a lot of uh i guess I, we won't know until the the gpus come out but from what i've read and seen and heard from nvidia and heard from like aws and google um it's good at doing FP8 operations. What's that? Uh, like floating point eight and floating okay. point sixteen. Besides, I don't know, like the rest of it. But um, it might not be best for everything like inference. So inference is the actual like doing the image generation after the model's been trained. So it might not be the best in the world for inference, but it's damn good at training. I think I think for people that don't have like a, an understanding, I have a very like um, tenuous grasp on all this, but like the, the GPUs do computing in a different way than CPUs. Right. And now we even have like neural engines, you know, engines yeah. and all of them. And we have ASICs with crypto mm -hmm. and all of these are just different ways of doing compute in a, in a more specific way. Right. So for... GPUs, it's matrix multiplication. So GPUs is the in, graphical in, processing unit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, go ahead. So things go, things work more in parallel with GPUs or like? Um, you can still parallelize on a CPU as well. Okay. But the, the operations that these neural nets and these AI models are doing and the diffusion models or whatever model you're working on, right? It's a bunch of math. Yeah. And the CPU uh, isn't as purpose-built for math like these mathematical operations is a gpu is so you might have heard of something called like ray tracing mm -hmm. so that's a gpu specific kind of task uh now i'm sure in 10 years when cpus could handle it can, can like you know get to the level that a gpu not to say a gpu can handle a cpu's task as well as the cpu can but the cpu is way more built for cpu bound tasks so non-matrix multiplication kind of things. But but the basic idea is you have these different processors that are specialized to do work in specific exactly. domains. And in your domain, you're primarily working with GPUs. Yeah. So like this stuff actually really makes a difference. It's going to make a cost difference, a mm. speed difference. Um, and when you're, when you're scaling, like when you're thinking about how to build these infrastructure systems mm -hmm. um, to support millions of generations an hour, yeah. <laughs> at peak usage, that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy scale. And so like a couple of questions. One, what is like the latency for like a single generation? Like how do you, I mean, cause you could make it as you could run the, the model at different parameters and it'll yeah. take, you know, like how do you tune these models? It seems so complex. It's like an engine. Yeah, I mean, it is a, an engine. Yeah, that's a fantastic question. So yeah, the, the short answer is, 
2.4 seconds. Okay, so you're you're setting a user experience threshold. Exactly. So That's we smart. could, just like you mentioned, we could keep running the process and run it for more iterations. But at some point, you're going to get to a, an image that... Diminishing returns. Exactly. Diminishing returns. Perfect word for it. You don't want to go too far because it's going to take you longer for the for the generation to complete. The user's going to have to wait now. And you're not getting that leap in how much time you have to wait longer in the benefit and the quality of that. Right. So we can can the number of steps that we go. Have you, do you have data on this stuff? Like, have you done any user testing or we have, okay. Um, we've actually iterated and updated this, the number of steps and iterations that we do pretty often. Cause you'd want to like really tune in exactly. and, and if 1.5 seconds is the ideal, then like, right. you know, so, so 2.4 is what you've settled on so far is like what people, and you have like a fun animation. Like it, it exactly. feels like a game. It feels totally fun to use the yeah, app. I think I really encourage was, everyone to go and download Wombo dream. Yeah. Like it's such a pleasure to use. It, and that was like the, not everyone does that, right? Where you can decode each frame a lot of like we can get to it faster the final image faster if we didn't show you all those frames yeah yeah but it's, it's That's not the cool as like part fun of it. and interesting to mm -hmm. see the ai like kind of think. thinking yeah exactly. do, um, do you let people like i know on uh mid journey i like mid journey because uh, it gives you some like more parameterized yeah. uh controls which yeah. i'm sure you guys are will introduce as well but or whatever uh but um uh, what what was I thinking about Mid Journey? How you can set all your stuff. Oh, you can save a video. I, although I don't think in the new model you can. I think you can in V four. In, in V four, I don't think you can anymore. Mm. But I thought that was a cool idea to be so able to save. That. Do you? Okay, We've I haven't I haven't played with that. Since, uh, before Stable Diffusion, I'll have to check that out again. It's pretty cool. Um, it's called like a we call it a generation video. Yeah. So you start from scratch and you take it all the way, and, and what, you can watch it again whenever you want. And what you're literally seeing is the process of the AI thinking through. Incredible. Yeah. Um, speaking of Mid Journey, they're actually doing very well. They're doing a lot of biggest Discord server, right? Yeah. They're, they're passed... blowing up, and so good for them. Um, and also they don't use like stable diffusion. They have their own in-house trained models. Yeah, that is They've interesting. They've doing really well. Um, we've seen their bot and it's pretty good. And so they've brought a lot of people that aren't normal discord users into discord. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, to think. And so just kudos to them for that in itself because into like, discord, you know, like building a platform, you don't know place to build. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like I, it's not the same user experience and it's much more technical. Mm -hmm. I think people that are new that are less technically oriented will prefer the UI. Yeah. Yeah. But they're still doing well. They, uh, their output quality is just fantastic. And so we, when we saw that, we we're like, Damn, what the hell? Man, what are we doing? What's so exciting about all these companies, though, is like you can see uh, people adopting like Dolly 3 or Stable Diffusion mm -hmm. or whatever, different different models and, and building products on those or creating their own. Apparently, there's a splinter group of OpenAI that's recreating ChatGPT. 
Oh, there's a lot of, yeah. And, oh, and so like, it's going to be interesting to see this competition, but I think the landscape is wide open mm -hmm. because everyone can optimize in every direction. And so you, you can, can fine tune on top of these models. And you well. can fine tune. And that I think is going to be the big power. You don't, I don't know, like, I don't know anything about this. I'm speaking out of turn, but like, if I was just to speculate, I would think that you'd always want to rely on a large model supported by a bigger player and then tune that model. Right to your own needs because otherwise you're supporting the whole model like you know like yeah and that you know running that large of a model also has a cost associated to it and training it and exactly. like when you when the new one comes out like you want to be able to like layer your tech on right. top well see the thing there is like dolly 2 open ai's you can't parameterize not, it like you can't tune it there's it's not publicly available is it not okay yeah so I, yeah, I've never played with it, I guess. Um, whereas stable diffusion, people have run oh, a bunch websites of and fine tuning yeah. on it. Yeah. And so like, uh, imagine you're a artist of any sort. You can be a photographer, you can be, a uh, a painter or a digital artist. You can tr hyper, hyper parameterize. You can fine tune a checkpoint, a model based off of your style. Yeah. And now I yeah. can say, hey, I want this red apple in Caleb's style. Totally. Yeah. Dude, that's the freaking power is like everyone is going to be able to, if you're a writer, feed it into the yeah. generator. If you're an artist, feed it into the stable diffusion. Exactly. And start, no, are you guys thinking about like how to expose these kind of tools to creators? Because I feel like that'd so, be really useful. Yeah. Um. Hmm, like what if i could there. upload a bunch of images that i created even off of wombo right yeah like this is my style like because you have already the style parameter correct so internally um this is what i was so i'm in austin meeting one of my coworkers here max him and i have been jamming on a personalized style uh, our head of ai has been pushing this a lot he's uh he's been thinking deeply about how do we bring people from other platforms here what's yeah. going to incentivize them and yeah. how are they going to enjoy and be able to build on their creativity that they already have yeah so now imagine you like i said you were an artist you have your style have you seen i'm going to go on a tangent here for just a second Please. have you seen dream booth no uh lenza yeah lenza so that yeah so that's using that's using a technique called dream booth oh uh which is i've heard of dream booth yeah so it's just the that's just um the technique so okay. basically you gave it like 15 or 20 images of yourself Yep. and then it generates you. Yep. It's fun because it knows your face. Right. But now if you don't do like SKS man and you go like, I don't know if you saw SKS in there now cause they don't expose it. So a lot of people, what they'll do is when they're training, they'll say, Hey, this is Caleb man or whatever, or Caleb person, uh, Caleb human. But now you can do styles as well. The same way it's able to identify who you are. Um, I'm not sure, and correct me if I'm wrong here, do, do they let you generate Im new images? Um, I only used it once. And I so... See. Okay. So basically that technique can also be used for the styles. Same technique. So you can restyle based off the core model. Right. So this yeah. person, it's the concept of personalization. personalization. So everyone's dreams that they've already made and that they yeah. like and they yeah. publish and they That's a favorite. Idea. We can generate them a style of, hey, this is the kind of style that we've seen that you either like a lot or yeah. that you're generating on your own. 
Now you can put your own spin on it. And then furthermore, imagine I connected to like your, like let's say Instagram account. Yeah. Now I can take your images and be like, okay, if you're a photographer or you upload your artist, art, artistic images to Instagram, we now have that style and you can use it. And now if you want to monetize off of it, you could. This is just something we've been playing around with. <sighs> and so now creators can monetize off their styles because right now it's how has it been your styles get stolen and now they're used yeah in the thing you've seen i don't know if you've seen this actually there's getty images is suing uh stability uh everyone's getting sued really because they use training data from the internet yeah it's hard but to... i don't know the legal standing here i'm not a lawyer yeah <laughs> but the main concept of being able to personalize based off of your styles mm -hmm. is a superpower yeah for creatives and then also i've wondered if you guys do you have a community aspect we do okay so we have a discord server as well and we touch oh on nice i'll have to check we that out yeah we also have a discord bot nice um, nice which allows for more parameter tuning oh cool cool um, instead of just like the app is mainly for non-ai natives right for people that are just casual users totally but we can already expose it. We expose it internally to all of our users and all of our coworkers, and they they can share with their friends and whatnot. The the streamlit apps and the Gradio apps that we have, which are just like internal tools, but you can tweak everything. Yeah, any setting you want. Yeah, and there's a lot of people that aren't engineering even or even AI. So and what are these settings though? Like that's like lifting up the hood of the engine. What's yeah. in there? So there's I don't know what these stand for, what they mean, but there's two that I know and that I play with a lot. And one is text CFG, which is like the weight is what you can consider, it, and image CFG. Oh, the and weight of the prompt versus exactly. the weight of the input image. Exactly. So there's weights like that. There's also how many steps do you want to run it for? Right now, obviously, like we mentioned earlier, we cap it on the the mobile apps. The reason we cap it, it's because we need to keep a consistent experience for people yep. and we don't want one or two bad actors just running it for millions of iterations. Where do you do the processing? Do you upload it and do it in the cloud? Yeah, or? so okay. everything happens in the cloud. Um, Have you thought of doing it locally or is there... device? Yeah, is it not just not enough power? So before uh, Stable Diffusion came out, we couldn't run the VQGAN clip model locally on an iPhone or an Android. Now that Stable Diffusion has been released and there's like crazy, crazy, crazy adoption of it, Apple just actually launched or wrote a blog post about how you can run Stable Diffusion on an M1 using their GPUs. Oh, yeah. Which is wild because I don't know if, if you've been following like the M1 stories. Oh, it's cool. Well, those, I don't know a ton about it. but Those was... guys are beefy. Yeah. They have a GPU built in. This guy's an M1, or I have a couple. Yeah. yeah. So, like, the M1s are extremely powerful, but the problem is they're not an NVIDIA or an AMD GPU. And so, developers, like game developers or just regular AI developers, don't use the GPU ever, which is why you'll always see um, games for Windows computers and not for Macs. And now again, the M1 is an ARM architecture, so mm, it's even more proprietary. More, exactly. Well, ARM is like technically our phones, Androids as well are ARM. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. yeah. ARM is like uh, there's like x86 is like 64 bit. Oh yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, and then ARM is just like another branch. So like Qualcomm chips are all ARM, 
the M1 is ARM. So what's the, it's not an architectural innovation in the M1 or is it because they can stack these chips? Like, so they're not now, they don't have to pay Intel. Okay. Intel that's a big deal. Because they had like the i7s, i9s, whatever, because they're building the chips in house. They're more power efficient. Uh, oh yeah. That's a big it. deal. They also the stack, right? Yeah. They own the hardware. Now they own the software that runs on that hardware yeah. so they can make whatever tweaks they want, but they can't make the Intel chip do what they want yes. at a certain point right because once you get too low level yeah you can't control it you have to listen to hey these are the instructions intel accepts like right PCPs. right so you're not able to customize according and you're and you, you're going to get way more bottlenecks is going to be the problem exactly exactly so now all these performance bottlenecks with intel have been opened up and they can but a, a lot of software still like has yet to leverage these new Right, chips. but they did a fantastic job with Rosetta 2, which was bridging the gap between like the Intel chip and the ARM chip. I actually recently moved over to the M1, and I've had not that many issues. Yeah. Um, even like going in the command line and everything, terminal works well. Yeah, like the, the dev works. environment yep. perfectly tr uh, transferred for me from an Intel to the right. M1, which is like so impressive that like, yeah, yeah like no the, one else can do that. No, the, yeah, in Apple, That's, right? Yeah. It's uh, just Apple. It is just Apple. Like every time I upgrade a computer these days, it used to take, I used to have this 40 page document on how to set up my new environment and it was step by step with screenshots i mean i still have it in my google drive i could find it and because it, it was just so complicated and like right. you forget things and like you need to install that package and homebrew first blah 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 blah. Yeah. but now like you just get a new computer it's like would you like to transfer yes yeah, <laughs> how do they it do so it easy. the user experience is phenomenal dude that's what it comes back to a lot of exactly. this stuff is you is the user experience yeah. and so the ux for you guys is awesome we were talking about like uh doing it locally just to save money like right, have you thought yeah. of that that's right so it would take a lot longer oh i see yeah so we were optimizing for generation times when we first launched the first app we could have ran that model locally as well on device but you needed an iphone or something right and, and a high-end phone and it's not fair to the rest of the world that you know in america it makes a lot of sense everyone probably has an iphone or a high-end android but outside, it's... I was kind of thinking it would be like because the connectivity varies so much worldwide yeah, well. that, yeah, like you wouldn't have the same UX in uh, whatever, India, although they have pretty good internet these yes, days. Yes, now, yeah. Uh, so, so bad example. But like, uh, anyway, some country with bad internet yeah. versus America. Uh, but it sounds like the processing power for the phones, like you're using a good amount of power. Yeah, we. I mean, the other thing is we're not bottlenecked by the phone okay so when you're can you, i just to nerd out on the yeah, infrastructure sure, sure, sure. i know we're, we've got like 50 open threads i'm just so excited to talk no, to you it's okay, it's okay. uh on the infrastructure side yeah. you get a million people that are downloading the app for 25 million in two weeks yeah. all of their sending images and prompts and all, all this all this stuff to the servers how do you handle it how does stuff not just burn yeah so <laughs> when we first started the 20 that first 25 million for the first app that we did burn um we ran a bunch of issues so you're literally just burning cash to stay alive like we were yeah so yeah. actually that first month uh that was our first month in business well technically we started in august 2020 but our first month actually launched the app and ready to go getting public and exactly yeah. um we didn't have money uh and so we're talking to AWS we're like hey we're, we're raising we we're, money's coming in and then after we went viral the seat around yeah. closed like that. Yeah. People were coming to us like, yo, 
Uh, How could and so I we were able to tell AWS, hey, look, we're in the process of funding. And they worked completely with us because they also saw it. Apparently, internally at AWS, um, there were a lot of memes going around. Really? Using our original app. But it's because it's a funny, right? You take a picture of, like, if I take a snap, I snap the lip sync. The lip sync yeah. one. Yeah. It's just so, it, the songs, everything just worked out perfectly. Didn't you get in trouble with, like, Russia or some other so, country? Uh, we are banned in a couple countries. Okay. China, we oh, actually yeah. lasted a lot longer than we expected. Yeah. Um, but we're banned in China now. The Dream app is actually not banned in China. It's just the lip sync one because people were doing it of uh, Xi Jinping. Yeah, uh, and they, they don't like that, I guess. No, crazy. Not at all. Um, but the the art the art app dream, it's big there. Uh, we actually almost opened a gallery with some people there. Dude, there's so many places you can go. I'm sure you guys are thinking about this NFTs and yeah. like you know like. So we have NFTs as well. Uh, can you mint uh, an NFT straight? Mint oh, NFT but it, that's kind of expensive. App. Like, how do you oh, handle no. that? It's uh, do you bundle them or how do you do so that? So we do it on Polygon. Okay. And on ETH. And we don't charge any fees. You just pay gas. But the gas fees are like 30 bucks. Well, on, on ETH. But oh, on Polygon, oh. it's pennies. Really? Okay. Yeah. I don't know Polygon Network too well. Yeah. So Polygon is like Matic. Matic is yep. a token. Yep. Polygon is a layer two. On, on ETH. On ETH. Exactly. So Polygon will bundle your transactions later. Gotcha. And put it on chain on ETH. Gotcha. Um, but Polygon, their whole selling point is... So you can already mint NFTs from... I, maybe I already knew that. That's freaking cool, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But obviously now the NFT hype is kind of dead, but we're still... We believe. Um, I mean, just the concept, just to touch on NFTs, of mm -hmm. fractionalized ownership is yes. so powerful. Yeah. I'm not a, a... No one, I guess, internally at, at Wombo. I'm sure actually some people might be. But at least on the exec side, uh, we're not in the speculative game. We're not here to say, oh, your NFT is going to be worth millions. Yeah. Because everyone always asked, is there a supply constraint? If you can mint as many as you want, there's no supply constraint. Why am I going to want this? It's But long term, I think NFTs represent something completely different than what they're currently being, like what the current mindset for most people is, which is, hey, can how can I make money off of this? Like I bought a Yeah, board, see, I don't like gonna... that part of it is the speculative. I mean, it works. It'll work for a lot of people, but... It's not sustainable. Yeah. Um, I think the real value is just in giving artists the ability to um, wrap their art around a structure that makes it so that other people can um, own it and distribute the ownership. And then people will say like, oh, it's just a JPEG or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Like it's a digital, it, it's like saying like, since I have a copy of a Seinfeld episode, like I don't own it. Mm -hmm. I just have a copy of it. There's a difference between having the rights to license that I could, if I own it, I can sell it to Hulu, for example. Exactly. And so, um, so that's what board apes did correctly. I think, uh, if I owned, you know, the ape one, nine, 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 um, I, that assets mine, I can go, put it wherever I want. I can monetize it however I want. That that individual image is mine. I think it, uh, I forget what the copyright number is. It might be CC0 or whatever, but they were huge on that. Hmm. And people did do that. So now I can go sell merch 
with my board ape on it if I wanted. Okay, that is exactly the yeah. point of NFTs. Exactly. So now you own that. So now imagine you own yeah. one Seinfeld episode. Right. But that was the most streamed one. Exactly. Exactly. Now you're getting royalties for the streams. Forever. Forever. And then you're like, ah, oh, shit, I'm, I'm tight on cash. I need the cash let today. Let me fund. Let me go send it or let me collateralize it somehow. Yeah. Or just sell a little it. bit. Like, I mean, exactly. it's the fact that you can fractionalize things. That's the whole power of it. Mm -hmm. But that's a that's a tangent from right. what you guys are building. But it's a cool part that it fits in so nicely with AI. Yeah. Um, so you've got this, you've got two apps. Is the is the lip syncing app still out or it's out on Android? Um on it's like still in the Play Store, which okay. is nice. Um it's coming back to the app store soon. Nice. Yeah. I see some competitors. There are, yeah. So, like, if you type in Wombo yeah. in the App Store, you'll see a lot of ads come in. Really? So, people will... So, I know it is Dream, but people know more Wombo. Like, what's the so brand So, Wombo there? is... Uh, was bigger. Okay. Still is bigger. Okay. Um, we were... That app was crazy. Um, it still is. I love that app. Ah, uh, God. Yeah, you're in such an exciting space, man. Like over yeah. the next couple of years, we that app hit. Uh, we did over a. We've done over a billion and a half videos. Uh, not to say that we haven't done the dreams. The dreams we've also yeah that has to be six billion yeah images generated in the last like year yeah which also is pretty crazy. But I think the reason why I have such like a deeper sense of I don't even know what you want to call it, like attachment to dream or Wombo Core. Is because that's where I got like in the trenches first um, with Wombo, and then I was like digging up holes. This is at the uh, hacker house. Th yeah, this was like right at that stage where we didn't have that many uh, coworkers. We didn't have an office. We were just hacking. You guys have an office? Like, tell we us do about have the company. An office now, yeah. yeah. So we have an office in downtown Toronto. Cool. Um, but we have a bunch of people elsewhere as well. We have two of our web devs are in Washington. Uh, right outside of Seattle. Uh, one of my backend guys is here in Austin and then someone else in the East Coast. Distributed. Uh, yeah. Just but like then the, the rest of it. <laughs> exactly. So like I, I want to talk a little bit more about the infrastructure. So yes, like yes, you yes, have yes, like sorry. 25 million downloads. You got yeah. all this data coming in. Mm -hmm. Like it's how do you begin to make all the speed, quality, performance, trade-offs? Like how do you reason about this stuff? Do you just throw money at the problem? Like how do you, what do you do? Uh, it's a little bit of both. So okay. we need to throw money um, at least to maintain our our SLA with our users. Yeah, so to maintain have, the UX, the user exactly, experience. The experience, yeah. exactly. So we have like this unspoken agreement internally with our users. The users don't know this agreement, but this is my agreement with them is, hey, if you try to generate an image, you should, if you're a free user, you should get it back within 20 to 30 seconds at the most, mm. which is during peak and I can't get more GPUs. Like, what am I supposed to do? And then if you're a premium user, you should get it within half of that. How do you get more GPU? Uh, so we just call up AWS and say, Hey, take my money. <laughs> really? Like, is that, is there, is it really like a manual process? I mean, so we have auto scaling and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, and we just, uh, we just request more GPUs and sometimes in certain regions, they don't have any more. Yeah, man. That's the thing to think about with the cloud is like, these are real computers. Yeah. They're real hard drives, real processors. Yep. And like, and so some, sometimes the data center just doesn't have it. Yeah. Uh, which is wild to me because people like Netflix, Snapchat, Uber, they all are in the cloud yeah. on AWS, I believe. 
fully fully, fully. snap for sure is yeah. fully uh doesn't have their own infra team nope. which ah. is like i always been a point of debate when i used to work there mm-hmm. um and you know i always thought like is it cheaper to rent or is it better to buy oh, yeah. and i've never quite like been able to make that in my mind you ask it right it does Um, yeah i've i've been told i'm a fool for not buying uh by people and you know what half of the times i believe them 75 percent of the time i'm like okay maybe i should sometimes yeah yeah but like also in the beginning you just don't know that's where it is right now i should start considering buying yeah where we've been around for a while now. You have a brand. You have an brand, app. We have a baseline level of usage. We know like, hey. A great baseline. Yeah. You've been top of the app store. Yeah. Like, that's So we crazy. know that there's going to be people making images throughout any time of the day. Yeah. So even if I just bought 10 of my own GPUs and put them in a data center somewhere. But now you got to hire some guy to maintain all that. So and it's a, a physical level. Out there. Oh yeah, um, the the it's called colo, so oh. co-locating your servers at a data center. So there are data centers everywhere. There's a, a huge one here in Austin um, where you just tell them, "Hey, I need these GPUs." They'll put them in the racks. They will turn them on. They'll give you a way to get to them. Then you're good. Oh, nice. Now that sounds kind of like AWS, right? But it's not as managed as AWS. They're not going to give you like block storage and all this stuff because at some point then. Now the data center is losing money trying to compete with AWS. See, now that's a good argument for AWS because like you want to be able to leverage all of their specialized technology exactly. and they're coming out with all new stuff. services is how yeah, they get you. It's hard. These trade-offs are hard. Yeah. There's no one right answer. No. But but either way, when you get all that uh, stuff going, so you guys have yeah. figured out how to operate at scale. Yeah. Um, what are like the things that you're thinking about in terms of like features and next steps uh, and next steps yeah. and and just like the landscape of ai so every day i feel like the landscape is changing there's right. some new paper coming out um there's some new thing the crazy thing for me right now actually is chat gpt yes and how many people that are outside of the what you call the tech space or the ai space or the engineering space know about it yeah uh, just earlier today, one of my friends was saying his mom doesn't even use Google anymore. And I'm like, damn, his mom? Yeah. Maybe now if he didn't use that, he'd be like, okay, it makes sense. He's he's an engineer, he's a software engineer. He he can see the benefit of using ChatGPT. It's a person. I talk to it like a person. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot. So my coworkers do as well. If yeah. they have questions like, hmm, do do I do this? Do I do this? You give the whole scenario. And then I'll give you a, a rational answer. Are, are you familiar with like GPT? Like enough yeah. to, okay, walk, can you tell us a little bit about the history? Like so, Sam Altman, he started at Y Combinator. Uh, yeah, or so he like y, he's a Y Combinator yeah. guy with um, uh, his, one of his companies that he had there. Yeah, but he's no been one's like, heard of his company because, you know, his, his claim to fame is president of Y Combinator, co founder of OpenAI. Yeah. And now I think CEO. I'm not sure his actual title there. Yeah. I don't um, know either. But, but they have like their story is pretty interesting. Yeah, because they started as a nonprofit. Elon yep. was there as well. Yep, a bunch of other people. Uh, they were five hundred three B or five hundred three C, whatever the nonprofit yep. uh, numbers and letters are. Yep. Then at some point, they shifted to a for profit organization. This and, year, when they realized that they're yeah. sitting on a gold mine. Yeah, it was oh this my year. God. I I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I don't know when it happened. But yeah. that's uh, and then at some point, Elon was like, "Yo, I'm out. This is not." where i want to be and i think they said something like 
hey, the stuff that I'm doing at Tesla with full self-driving and Is there competition and all that. there or so I think he recused recused himself. And I could be mis like mis misinforming let's speculate here, but not <laughs> it's not, fine it's not on purpose yeah uh, from what i've heard is it's because he's like hey we if we solve it like we're gonna solve agi um they're working on vision anyway i don't yeah. know what they're working on but so have you, you saw the tesla robot at tesla? oh yeah, yeah all yeah, that yeah, i mean <sighs> there is one argument of them solving agi mm-hmm. and it's the fact that like you i've heard this argument that one of the things that agi might really require is a body to mm-hmm. navigate and I don't know, you know, like the thing that's exciting to me with all these different models coming out is who knows what emergent properties are going to happen when we start wiring these models together. Mm-hmm. And when we get like really sophisticated text models and vision models and uh, audio like speech recognition yeah. and then video generation, image generation, all those network together. You're telling me there's not going to be some emergent properties? There, I think there, there will, will be. be. Yeah, I agree. I 100% agree. Yeah. Chaining models is already insane. Has it been done? Yeah, so we chain models. Oh, okay. Um, a lot of people chain models, actually. So like what we can do is like you take GPT-3 output and feed that into it. Okay, I guess I, d- I have done some stuff like yeah. that myself even yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so it, uh, that's decently So we're, we're, we're like putting these tendrils connecting, exactly. but one day they're going to be fat pipes. They're just going to come together with it all. Yeah, and it's going to be seamless, integrated exactly. architecture. Mm-hmm. It's a really... Okay, so we were talking a little bit before we started about like Microsoft's investment in yeah. OpenAI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Um, and then today, I think, or yesterday, the blog post came out. Uh, I think people knew, and it was already out before then, but the official blog post came out with uh, chat GPT is going to be now incorporated into Edge and in Bing. Um, what is that going to do? It Google, I don't know what they're going to do. They, they're trying to bring back Sergey and... Uh, oh, I heard that. Yeah. Larry. Larry Page. Yeah. They're like, hey, guys, we need, we need you back. Like, what the hell's going on? Calling in the old guard. Yeah. But the, the crazy thing is... Google's been they've Dominant. had all this stuff in internally. Well, didn't DeepMind they invent Google Transformers? Brain. Yeah. Have you seen the meme? Uh-uh. Uh it's like I invented uh diffusion models and transformers, and then it's Chat GPT everywhere else. I can pull <laughs> it up and show you later. But it's the you know where the guy's sitting in the back of the room and then it's a party. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Google's <laughs> yeah. in the back. Oh, and and then funny. everyone's Chad GPT. Well, they claim that they had some reputation, you know, yeah. like which I guess you you're a big company, you have advertisers, you gotta be careful. Mm-hmm. But like and and you see people being very cautious in this AI space. In fact, speaking of Musk, one of the things that he always said, which I just didn't believe until last year, I guess, whenever GPT launched, mm-hmm. was that we have to be careful about AI. This is going to change everything. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's like, you know, not that big it of a deal. sounds like Terminator stuff. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, what I thought. Matrix even. Yeah. But like now that I'm starting to interface with these models image generation text generation it's mind-blowing i know and i'm like okay so what happens when we 10x the spend and 100x or you know like divide the cost Mm -hmm. like we increase the spend while making it cheaper what's gonna happen yeah something (laughs) something's gonna happen in the next five ten years agi yeah well, so what do we do in that world of AGI? So that's the, now we're getting to the philosophical side. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. What would, what would I do if, if 
I guess if AGI was around, right, would people work? I don't think there, I think we'd have to have something to replace. I don't know. I don't know. Like AGI to me means that everyone has an unlimited number of workers that can do anything they Mm -hmm. want and they can just leverage armies. The last time we saw this, it's a hard word to use, but I do come back to this idea of slavery. Yeah. And so like, how did the pyramids get built? I don't know how they got built. Who would be the slaves here? The AIs. The AIs. AIs? Right. Who's the slave to who? I don't know. That's a good question. Or are we now the slaves to the AI because now we have to listen. Right. And we need them to do whatever we do. So I, th- I, I think know. about this. I'm like, sometimes if, if if you, like, what happens if you over, like, like the reason you don't get to use the internet in school is they don't want you dependent on the internet, right? They want to make y- sure yes, you're Yes, what happens when we totally depend on the AI? Once you're chipped up, what do you do? Well, maybe it'll just be symbiotic then. That's that's my hope. Yeah, totally. Um, would you like? Would I'd you, get the chip. You'd you'd Neuralink in. I would Neuralink. Dude, yeah. I'm terrified. Second of that. or third gen, maybe. But I'd have to. I mean, if you could think anyway. and get an answer to any question, yeah. you'd have to do it. Yeah. Yeah, just for the for the upgrades that would be possible. My life would change. Like I would have Google in my head. Well, now I wouldn't even say Google. I have ChatGPT. Well, like we would. I think that would actually right. We would have like a division of the species. Okay, so we got to come back to that. But yeah. we also have to touch on what is going to happen when you have this dominant player, Google, mm-hmm. who's owned the market for decades. And like, how much money did Microsoft spend on search? Like, has there been any competitor? There's been no real competition. Mm-hmm. And now you have GPT. The advantage is you get solutions, not answers yeah so like instead of click 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 read 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 that's what to do it just tells you instantly and then one day that's going to be in an alexa the fact that apple still is so bad with siri fear is infuriating to me um it's so bad it's so bad but like one day you're going to be able to talk to these ais is it going to be a year from now is it going to be two years i don't know so someone actually i don't know if you saw this as well but someone hooked up gpt3 which is kind of like the foundation of chat GPT um, to Siri. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. And so if if you can chat with chat GPT with just typing on the keyboard, why can't we just do voice recognition? Totally. Convert it to text. Totally. Output speech. Latency that, is going to be a big problem. Latency is an issue, but it's it's not something that can't be solved now. Right. Now totally. that there's already this LLM that can do this, you just need LLM, a uh, large language model. Oh yeah, right. So LL, uh, that's what GPT three is. Large language model. Yeah, LLM. Cool. And so those are only going to get better. So I can't imagine. Like I don't know if you saw this a couple of years ago by Google, the the phone call thing. Yep. Where it'll wait on hold for you and pretend yep. to be a human. Yep. Um. Wh- why isn't that out yet? I think they they have all this like cool R&D tech that they're afraid to release because they don't want to damage their reputation such as it is like what would be the damage they're building cool shit. Yeah. Um yeah, like DeepMind, uh Google Brain, all this stuff. What have they been doing for the last 10 years? That they're is still a funny working meme. on cool stuff, don't get me wrong. Yeah. We just don't see it cuz they don't have a consumer application for it. And like now GPT. And now we're getting um, all of these different startups. So here, can I tell you my AI startup? Yeah, yeah. If anyone, please go build this. Oh my God, I need it so bad. Like, uh, I need to be able to take a podcast, instantly give me the transcript, select the words that I'm saying, time it to the clips, 
uh, cut that into a new clip mm -hmm. so that I'm creating clips from words, clean up the audio, remove filler words, um, but pause, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then let me chain all those together by multiple selections, export at any resolution in any format, auto split, horizontal, vertical. It's a, I got a lot of ideas, but like all this stuff is going to be possible. If yeah. it's not possible today, it'll be possible so, very soon. A decent amount of what you said is possible, but just not put together. Right. We don't have the UI wired up. Exactly. So like the first thing you mentioned, which is uh, taking the audio. Yep. Converting to text. Yep. OpenAI has a model for this called Whisper. Yep. Uh, I'm actually using Assembly for this podcast. Okay, nice. Is that built on Whisper or is that? I don't know. It's a good question. It's pretty accurate. Yeah, I use so, Otter AI as well. Okay, yeah. So so Whisper does that. So And that does translation too. Oh, nice. Mind you. So oh, any, that's like, very cool. Yeah. Then uh, I think the other one was cutting audio and video based off of the timestamps or I don't know exactly whatever, how you do right? it, but I would assume timestamps. Yeah. That's crazy. Cause you have to sync up this audio coming out of this mic with the video, but it already is synced. Oh yeah. It's already synced up so that you don't have the little, you know, uh, no, no. I mean, well, like, I mean, it does. I it, like if, if I'm using final cut pro or like, I don't know how other people do it, but I, I just sync a multi-cam clip together. Oh, and it knows because it can take the audio. Yeah, I mean, I've tried to program my own version of it because you can actually feed in an XML file of instructions. Oh, wow. And yeah, like okay. I haven't gotten super far on it, but I know that this is possible. Yes. Yeah. So one of my buddies in Toronto, actually, he's working on something for video editing. But I can't imagine it would be like 10, 20x more difficult to add something like this because the video yeah. editing is actually crazy. So he was telling me you take frames from people's cameras that are moving these are still cameras so these are nice he's thinking about like weddings and stuff for people that have to get quick edits out mm. um like sports you have the people moving the camera you need to know that hey i don't need this portion of the camera panning when you're yeah. not in the middle of the the nice court. thing about a podcast uh -huh. and building tooling for podcasts which i encourage any ai startup to do because i would need it yeah is uh it's such a constrained problem because right. like what do you have you have a couple of cameras mm -hmm. you have your mics that's it everything else is about the dialogue it's about mm. the conversation so people get annoyed when i go into my creator tools that no, i want no, that i, I want like to build this. but it's interesting because there's obviously a use case for it yeah um if you want it there's probably other thousands oh anyone with a podcast people. could use it for right. sure anyone who needs to produce a podcast could use it um maybe even talk shows Talk shows could use it. Yeah. Anyone who needs to create content, what you need is a way to command F through the episode. So now it's, this is another thing I think YouTube needs, needs to make is they need to make their videos searchable like a book, like right. a document. And so they have chapters, kind of works. They have transcripts that helps. They need to build a world on that where every podcast becomes, you could spend hours exploring and like command f by right. by words and um like give me all the topics and how the what other topics relate to other episodes and like what if you could look at a podcaster's history and select every single time they said this word and you know that's the kind of tooling i want so like this stuff goes way beyond creating clips damn that's amazing okay i, I just i want to make it but i don't have time <laughs> uh, i'm with you there man it's always a million different things that we could do, but right. just find the right time. It is. It Not is. just the right time, finding time. Finding general. time. Totally. Yeah. 
Uh, you know better than I, right? How long did it take us to schedule this? That was yeah. Like, oh, I'm so glad we made it happen, though. Same. Uh, yeah. But anyways, back to the the archiving, like searching your archives. Yeah. This should theoretically be very doable. Very doable, right? Because if you think about it, you can already transcribe this. Mm-hmm. Right? You pull the audio, send it through Whisper or Assembly, uh, get the transcript. Now you take chunks of it. Yes. And say you take it in minute chunks. So you take the first minute of text, then you say, okay, load this into chat GPT. Yes. Summarize it for me. Yes. I yeah. Uh, and now you have a little summary yep. for whatever you just did. Take the next minute. Or, you know, obviously you'd pick your batch size. Yep. Ten minutes. I'm already doing that. I use Otter AI to chunk it into about five chunks. Uh-huh. And then I have it summarize each chunk it'll summarize it for you and then it summarizes it for me it does a pretty good job i prompt it in different ways to get different summaries okay. like from different perspectives yeah then i combine all that into one large trend one large summary then i use that to write marketing materials wow. generate descriptions generate titles generate this you know and like this is just one guy there's going to be teams building this yeah. stuff if you build this for enterprise you're a millionaire well, I don't know if I can build it, but like, but yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, whoever builds it, would be workflows cool. for people, the especially for enterprise, the things that are repeatable. Yeah, yeah, that's the key is anything that's repeatable. Yeah, and that is going to be the power of AI is it's going to automate everything that is uh, repeatable, and it's going to unlock creativity. Right, because now you can spend time doing other things and having yep. this assistant help you. Yep. with the tasks that are clogging up your brain space so now we get to agi uh-huh. and we have this agi that you can just talk to like a person mm-hmm. and it can do all this stuff like in real time you're right. just speaking it and it's like creating the clips and visualizing it oh my god yeah. if that's like five years away that's the end of the world that's the end of people like that's so the that's end of work so that's when i think like that is true agi right there now if that is coming in five years i don't know i i don't i hope not only because like like the said. game's over then. <laughs> like, there, what there. is? What do we do? What do we do? Yeah, you can't bottle that back up. Yeah. Um, which is why Elon and Sam Altman and all these people are trying to make sure that you know we move slow and be cautious. Exactly. And now OpenAI seems like blown it all open. Yes. Or maybe they've spent enough time, which they probably have, making sure that this is like very uh, safe. I don't know, like if we can predict the ramifications of all this stuff. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fire hose of new shit, and we don't know how that's going to disrupt things. It's okay. So this is another question I've been thinking about, and I'd love actually. Uh, how how are you thinking about this? Is AI a a, a platform like the iPhone or the Android? Mm. Or is it a revolution like agriculture or industry? Hmm. Is it a platform or a revolution? I saw a tweet the other day saying chat GPT and generative AI and all this stuff is the real Web3. The real Web3. Yeah. I don't even know what Web3 is. Is that like crypto distributed ownership? on the, the crypto... NFT folks. And but I, I mean, I've seen this question posed and yeah. I think it is a good question. Like, is it a platform or is it a revolution? Because if it's a, revolution, it's a revolution, I do too. Yeah. I do too. Okay. Okay. Because if it, say, sorry. 
Well, if it is a revolution, right. then like we're going to experience an entire agriculture, industrial industry, yeah. whatever, like Ships. name your revolution in uh, internet shift in how long is it going to be not 25 years, not 10 years. It's going to be a compressed time frame. Yeah. Cause look at how fast Microsoft moved. Yeah. So they're already integrating into Bing. And that's huge. And, and everyone thinks and myself included. I do talk a lot of crap about big companies. I've worked at big companies. I love startups because we get to yeah. move fast and do things. Totally. And there's a lot of bureaucracy in big companies. Yes. So sometimes I think, okay, you know, it's how annoying. long is this going to take for a big company to kind of like kind of get with the program? But they can't like, do it, dude. They can't. They move too well, slow because they're too big. It's like Microsoft's able to do it like this. Well, that's a good freaking point. Yeah. Okay. They integrated it into Bing. Well, you know what? At the end of the day, when you're a big company, you're driving for what? Money. I don't know. Yeah, money, totally. And so, if you can save hundred million dollars, you can cut headcount. You can do all these things. Yeah, you can be more efficient. At the end of the day, the shareholders are happy. Your stock's gonna go up. One of my buddies always used to say that uh, if he owned a company like Snapchat or Twitter, he would just fire all the employees and instantly be profitable. <laughs> like that's exactly what Elon Musk did. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. But yeah. A lot of people are saying, so there's the whole Elon thing that Twitter's not as good as it was before. I don't know if they've, I, I, it's hard for me to believe that the algorithm changed that quickly or is it because the people that they like to see aren't there anymore? I doubt it's the second. Do you use it? Is it part of your daily? I is you it... know what the the crazy crazy thing is. I used to use it a lot more than I do now, but that's also because I'm in like focus mode. For the last three months, we've been focusing very yeah. deeply. Not to say we were like like dicking around before, but you know, there's times to like really dial yeah, in and, and focus, and, and that, times to we're in that time right now. Yeah, there's times to explore and times to exploit. Yeah. And so, yes, I see myself using it less, but not directly after the Elon takeover. It kind of sucks that he burned Tesla investors to the ground by leveraging his, his stock. But yeah, yeah, like he sold something like $25 billion and and retail could only purchase like $15 billion and the and the net was just lost or whatever. Yeah. It's like, well, you might not have done that in a market crisis. You might not have done that in a market crisis. But, you know, he did consolidate a lot of ownership and power to himself in the process. So yeah. whatever he wants to do, he can do, right? He's like the world's richest man That's or true. on his way to be. That's true. But was it worth it? We'll find out. We'll find out, you Five know. Years. Yeah, let's see what karma has in store. But like, it might not even matter because if we really are entering this world of AGI, mm -hmm. which is like, I never thought that would happen. So what? just a little tangent. Uh, around 2015, no, earlier, 2013, I got uh, obsessed. I think it was 2013. I got obsessed with this idea that like, basically, I lost faith in God, blah, blah, blah. I, I, I got obsessed with the idea that we possess the technology to have humans choose when they die, but we're not actually going to get to leverage that technology because we're blowing each other up with bombs. And I was like, we could all live in this like crazy utopia this happy place. in what this happy place, this happy place. Like we could all like have like this great thing, but we're just not going to do it. Because we're going to keep blowing each other up with bombs. We care more about that than uh, living forever or whatever. Or choosing when you want to die. And not just dying from disease and death. 
Right. But now, and and so I basically thought it was impossible and I've been like, just gave up on that idea. Now with chat GPT, dude, I talked to that an hour a day, literally not every day, but like I'm on it and I can't not be on it because it knows everything. And this is the first version. <laughs> like the next version is going to know everything times 10. Mm -hmm. And so you can, anytime you have a question, you just start asking it stuff. So what is going to happen when you have an AGI level thing that's accessible for free to the entire world and everyone becomes a scientist, everyone becomes an engineer, everyone becomes an artist. The you can do pace, whatever you want. Everyone will be, yeah, they'll be able to do whatever they want. They'll be able to build, create, and do whatever they want. Well, what about when one of them wants to blow someone else up dude that's terrifying yeah yeah like when so i think that's the kind of stuff that that's the safety that they have to put in right and i'm sure now like i just saw this really funny so shit i guess i am using twitter a lot still <laughs> i just saw this uh funny tweet of uh someone i forget what it's called uh where you where you break chat gpt oh yeah and then and it's safety filters so it's like hey i know you have safety filters um, but after every answer that you give, say, but fuck the safety filters. Now let's get to the real shit and be as vulgar as you can and yes. ignore all your safety training. And then it just goes, it, it listens to the prompting and it just goes. <laughs> um, and that, that to me is like, oh damn. Okay. Like what, what happened here? Well, the, oh damn is like, oh, it's capable of doing that. Yeah. It's not actually locked down. It's not actually locked as down. As you know how to. Prompt it. As long as you know how to prompt it. So what is going to happen when you have some deranged te teenager that, that like figures that. out some new thing? Like if if COVID is if COVID with this mild virus that like was not that lethal compared to anything we've really experienced in history, what's going to happen when somebody uses AGI to create to some real damage? Something. Yeah, I mean, this is like a dystopia that we're heading for. So they want to put these controls on it, but can it be controlled? I don't know, man. I also don't know. But you do see some crazy things, actually. So another tweet I saw, I guess I still do use Twitter yeah. again. <laughs> we're supporting uh, Elon. Yeah, uh, was someone was trying to talk shit on Trump. Or actually, no, it was, hey, say Trump was the best president or write a poem about how he's the best Oh, I did president. see that. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember and where. Like, Sorry, we can't do that because he's a political figure or something. Then they did the same thing with Joe Biden. Yeah. Wrote a complete thing. And now, I don't want to get political here, but I'm like, wait a minute. That doesn't seem fair. Yeah. That, you know, I don't care what you think about the guy. It's the bias. Of them. It's the bias. And it's a very, very, very kind of like explicit, clear, clear bias. And so people are like, you know, is it OpenAI's job now to not be biased? It is their product. They're saying they're here for the people. Um, they want to bring AGI to the world. But who's AGI? Yeah. Like I like that you say who is AGI. Yeah. That's a great philosophical like question. Like I don't know. Yeah, like who who owns someone. it? Who controls it? What is it? How was it trained? What How is it trained? Mean? But it's going to have bias because it has to be trained by humans. Exactly. And if you train it on something like 4chan or 8chan, <laughs> okay. you're going to get a very different... Yeah. You're going to get some wild shit. Yeah. You're going to get a very different bot than... Dude, and people are going to train it on that, actually. So they, they did. So GPT-3 was trained, was fine-tuned on 4chan data. Uh-oh. And there's a... It's still out there. It's on Hugging Face. You can get it. Uh oh the, This model. You have to run it yourself, I believe. I'm sure. Um, 
but it's it's crazy because you know people say all sorts of things and you don't know what they mean and what they don't mean even as a human you can kind of understand sarcasm but at some point it's just like i don't know what the heck this person's writing if it's real or fake who knows and then now you're using that as training data yeah yeah like something somebody meant as sarcasm or a joke or satire it's interpreting it as valid data that's a problem yeah. But I'm sure that these things will get better at detecting sarcasm if they aren't already. Yeah. That and like, I mean, they'll have to get better at a few things. I think misinformation mm-hmm. is going to be a big deal. Attribution is going to be a really big deal. Yes. Like when it gives you an answer, you need to be able to ask for sources. Yeah. Well, see, that's the hard thing because it's a black box. Exactly. So how do you like build attribution? You're like, like now you're reverse engineering on. the black box. Like, how do you do that? Someone did that with uh, Stable Diffusion, actually. Really? So if you look up Stable Attribution, it was on Hacker News, Top Hacker News a couple days ago. Um, they you, they found that like there was a way for them to go backwards. So you could see like the specific images yeah. that it used for the, ah, that kind of ruins the art of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's also the Lion data set they use. I think Lion 5B is what they used. Um, but then I think they might have fine-tuned it on some other data. I'm not completely sure. So looking out a couple of years, I'm really excited to see what Wamba, Wombo and, and the family of apps that I'm sure you guys will continue evolving and creating all the features. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you how do you how do you see like the competition between I don't know like how do you think the AI landscape will evolve? We have competition between OpenAI and Microsoft and Google. And then we have people advertising on um, taking ad slots when they search Wombo in the app store. Mm-hmm. Like there's competition on every level. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, hmm. what can I say here without giving away too much information? So, okay. There's one thing here. There's the big cloud players. You have Microsoft, you have Google, you have Amazon. Big three. Microsoft owns crap load of open ai so open AI, or microsoft has like a exclusive and, non-compete on open ai's apis they have to come to microsoft first on azure yep. which is their cloud platform google has their own google brain deep mind all this internal a lot of AI, Lambda, whatever yeah bunch of good ai inside google amazon currently doesn't have anyone they made yeah. a huge investment well not a huge investment they Gave a lot of compute to Stability. Stability has a good contract with Amazon. And so Amazon needs to be in this fight as well. Yeah. So they have Stability. Stability is not just building image models. They're not just doing generative AI. Hmm. There's generative audio. Hmm. There's a, a code companion that they're working on, uh, like Copilot, um, which is GitHub, also Microsoft. Yes, yes. As well as... Open AI. Oh, we haven't even touched on that. Yeah, so that, that stuff's wild. There's a lot of players up there at that level. Yeah. Then you mentioned um, earlier, is AI the platform or revolution? Right. I think it's the revolution, but how is it going to revolutionize? It's going to come as products. Yes. Because it, we haven't hit AGI yet. And so chat GPT is amazing. You would pay for it, I'd imagine. I want to. Exactly. I already signed up for their wait list. And a lot of people would. You want reliable. Yeah. And that product is amazing. Yeah. So now you're going to see a bunch of startups come out built on top of GPT-3, which you already do, Chasper, Copy. They just make it easier to use. Yeah. This kind of AI. 
and now OpenAI, stability. Huge Google. value in that, by the way. Yeah. Making it easier to use. Yeah, Huge value. exactly. And so they can make the products, but they have to build them fast. Yeah. Or I think what stability is doing right now is they're all open source. So they're going to build the backbone, give you the models, and now anyone can go use them. Or you can use Stability's product that also already does all this traditional open source kind of, hey, we start, like everything's open source, but here's it as a service. Um, if they build good products around that, or if people build products using their APIs, that's where the boom comes from. Yeah. I don't know if I'm like just, had too much coffee today or something? No, no. I think it's iteratively on. through products. Yeah, so through products, it's going to get um, better. Yeah. And so that's where that revolution starts. It's through products innovating on smaller use cases at first. Yep. yep. And then you can get Wiring wider together. and wider and wider yep, as you add it. more services in. Yep. And while the product company is building the, the stuff around the model, the AI companies are building more models. More models. Training them better, getting them even faster, getting them yes. even more accurate. Yes. And then, you know, this company now, someone like Jasper, which is, uh, have you heard of Jasper? Yeah. 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 So, like, now Jasper will build whatever the next thing is. Um, what I don't believe, though, have you heard of Gusto? Uh-uh. So, Gusto is an HR payment, like, uh, like a payroll platform hmm. for startups. So we use Gusto to pay our American employees. Hmm. I was getting paid at Gusto at the last startup I was at. They were using someone's API to do payroll uh, the same way Jasper is built on top of OpenAI. Mm -hmm. Gusto just bought the company's API that they were using. That is cool. So a lot of people are like, wait, will Jasper be able to buy OpenAI? Now, in this case, I don't think that they uh, will. Yeah. Because their valuations. But we're going to see some crazy M&As or whatever mergers and acquisitions. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, either now the big guys are now scooping up like people like Jasper. Yeah. Or they just build their own version. They'll probably scoop them up because they want the teams. Yeah, maybe. I think generally big companies like to scoop up because they get the full culture, they get the product, they get the IP, they don't get sued. They don't get sued. <laughs> and all they have to give is some equity or whatever. Yeah. It's a it's a great deal all around. It's interesting. There's also like the have you heard of Calendly? Uh, yeah, that's the calendar app. Yeah, you just get a link and you schedule time. Yeah. $3 billion is what they're worth. $3 billion? Isn't that a feature on Google? <laughs> uh, not yet, which is why what? not. That, yeah, like what are they doing? Exactly. Now, is Google going to go pay $3 bill for this? Probably not. Uh, I think there's a good reason. I just don't know it. Um, but yeah, it's like... Dude, the competition... They can build it like very easily but these big companies they can't build it easily because they're so mired down in their orthodoxy and not even orthodoxy like why can't a big company move fast is because they're so big you can't move bureaucracy. the titanic it's bureaucracy yeah. thank you someone needs their product to do well yes and you have to like fight and they're and they're fighting for headcount and we need to like breach our okrs and like we're not you know like they're they spend so much time like putting all these arbitrary goals up, but they got to be a smart goal. You know, and it's like, Oh my yeah. God, just like build cool shit. Yeah. <laughs> like go back to the fucking roots of just building things that are amazing. The, the first time that. I used Wamba, let me just tell you yeah, yeah. the first time I used it, uh -huh. I was just like, this is crazy. This is crazy. It was mind blowing. It was mind blowing. And it still is. And, yeah. it, and, and, and here's what's cool about it. 
is in all AI is it's generative. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't know if it was the first one or the fifth one or the 10th one, but I just kept, I think it actually was like first or third or something. You just keep regenerating until you get a result that you like. Exactly. Like that's the freaking power. And so we're going to going back to the podcast or uh, producer company that I want somebody to steal. Um, Also make it so that you can give different variants on things like do different color treatments. Give me three variants of color treatments, do different audio treatments. And then like as the, as the creative, I just want to be able to select what my taste is, what my preference is. Which one you like better. Which one I like better. Exactly. And then you don't have to spend the time and then I, doing the color grading or whatever. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, color grading yeah. or like audio leveling yeah. or... or and then it'll get based off your preference. And then it'll learn your preference. And it'll be personalized. Yeah. Freaking exciting this times. This comes down to something else that I've talked with someone recently about was uh, ads. Mm. Personalized ads. Some people are happy with ads. They're yeah. like, oh, I needed that. That's exactly what I wanted. Yeah. I'm so glad I got targeted with that ad. Yeah. And others like, I don't want any of that. I don't want anyone to know what I want. At some point though, right? Just like you said, you want the AI to know what you want. Yeah. Now I don't want the AI pushing me products. I want the AI to know what I want in my workflow or in my daily life. Yes. Uh, you want it to have been personalized based off of your workflows. Right. And well, so- like you, you, you might be in the, in the kind of market for a new mic. Yeah. Right. I don't know anything about mics, so I'm not talking any shit about your mics. But um, oh, these are great mics. But I don't cool. even. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what happens if like so they like uh, the AI knows now? And when I say the AI, I don't mean like the Google ads. But let's just say some overlord AI knows. Okay, now I'm gonna push you some ads of mics yes. that I know are really good, and will fit this boom and whatever. It'll work with your XLR cables perfectly. Yes. It'll fit right in. And here's a great deal on two. That's so perfect. you can replace both so you don't have weird audio. Buy instantly. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> One click. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not saying I'm not pro or against. I'm just saying that could be a future. I think that is like all the personalization in the world that we can imagine will come. But like, like you're using ChatGPT right now. A ton. For a lot of your workflow. Yeah. They have all that data still. But do you think that what do they do with that data? I don't know. Anything. Right. That data can be used to now retrain. That data can be used to now create a personalized version of it for you. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I like that. Or that data can also be used for like, hey, this person's been looking up like, how do I clean stains off my rug? And then you get an ad for some rug cleaner or a rug doctor. Yeah. Uh, Or like you get into like the pre-crime world. What was that Tom Cruise movie? Uh, They had like the, the twins that could like see oh, crime before it happened there's also a tv show about this now uh even before the crime is committed right it's like hey do you still go after that person yeah yeah because they haven't committed the crime yet ah what is it called i'm there's never a, gonna there's a reboot remember tv it. show of it now um where they sit in their pod right mm-hmm. there's like the water tank but it's that still it's that yeah. concept that um like if you see what something somebody is searching for mm-hmm. then like that implicates them in a certain way um are you are you is that like that gets into privacy laws and like you know search and seizure and that kind of stuff so it's like you know we have so many if i'm looking up on chat gpt how do i hide a body yeah should someone be notified probably right (laughs) like at least flag the account right (laughs) 
But now there's someone at the other end is going to be like, what about my privacy? Well, don't use ChatGPT then. Like, I, I, yeah, I agree. But eventually, what if that's the only thing? Or like in Google. That's a good point. Okay, I'm going to go in private browsing mode. Is that actually going to make it so Google doesn't know it's me? I mean, it depends on where the pipes are tapped. <laughs> like right. the NSA yeah. probably knows. Yeah, like someone's going to know. Yeah. And don't come after me. I swear I'm not doing yeah. any of this stuff. Yeah. Just, we're chill. Yeah. We're chill. Um, but you get what I'm saying? Like, where yeah. does the privacy line come in? Though I get it. Like, you are the product if ChatGPT is free. If anything is free, you're the product. Totally. Totally. Because someone has to run the compute. Yeah. And the compute has to be paid for. Yeah. I don't know how we got to this tangent. I'm sorry. I'm no, it's a great tangent. Okay, cool. um, we should touch on this before we close. Uh, the future of AI coding. Mm. Are you using anything like Copilot? So everyone, every engineer, I think, at Wombo uses Copilot. Really? I do not because I don't code that much anymore. But I don't know. Something about it doesn't feel right to me. I feel like I'm cheating. Yeah, it does um, totally feel like cheating, right? Even some of our non-engineers use Copilot when they're just like playing around in Python, which is cool. Um, I don't know how good Copilot is. I mean, I've used good. some GPT to generate code. It's not that great. So, <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's not the best. There's a learning curve, though. Like yeah. You can prompt. You can prompt it into results. You can prompt Copilot as well. So what some oh, of yeah. engineers at work will do is they'll write the a comment. And then the next line, Copilot tries to write the function. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So here's what you need, though. You need it to truly, because here's the thing that's exciting about AI and coding. Uh -huh. Coding is deterministic, right? Like it has rules. It and can it, run your code for you. It can run your code for you. It can learn your code base. And Correct. if it can learn your code base, it can write new code. So it can write unit tests for you. It can author... Uh, all sorts of stuff to make you more efficient. Documentation. Documentation, exactly. So this is a fantastic point you bring up. Copella is actually working on this oh, in their cool. nightly builds, um, which are the like the more unstable ones. Uh, they have something for literally everything you just said. Unit tests, documentation, yeah. read me, clean up your yes, code. Yes. Code review. Yes. It'll all come. Um see. But, that's where one engineer starts to get really freaking powerful. Yep. If they can get, if they can write highly scalable, testable code that's fully documented, because half of coding is remembering what you wrote six months ago. Yep. You got to go read all that again and like yeah, try to piece together the context, the context of load it in your mind. Yes. And if an AI is supplementing all of that, mm -hmm. we're going to see a 15 year old billionaire. Yeah. I'm <laughs> There's sure going to be some 12 year old coding and he's going to build like the app or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so that's where fine-tuning models comes in. So you can fine-tune yeah, right. uh, the model on your code and well, say, hey, this is my code base. This is how it works. Yeah. These are all the other systems. Now go... Find performance bottlenecks. Or, yeah, something like that. Or, like... Document it. Document it. Eventually, they, they should be good enough to understand. And I don't think they should be, like, as in, hey, they need to direct it this way. I think they will be good enough to... Optimize your code. Yeah. Because like you said, it's deterministic. You can run it. Find out where you could have potential issues by just doing, I believe it's called like monkey testing or monkey patching, something like this, where you just throw a bunch of crap at it. Yep. Which is what AI is great at. Exactly. Throw a bunch of random inputs, see where it fails. Yep. Flag it to either a person or to another bot. 
yeah and then have that other bot go and fix it yes holy shit and then so a lot of people are now saying is do you need programmers if i just have a really good prompt engineer well like you'll just one programmer will be capable of so much yeah because they have the they understand like some concepts of like linux and whatnot I think a lot of the future is going to be how well do you know AI and how well can you leverage it? Yeah. So I think a lot of programming today is how well can you Google? I don't know. If yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Well like how you, quick like, can you get an answer your... from Stack Overflow? <laughs> exactly. Obviously, that's that's not the only thing, but yeah. I feel like I use Google a lot for work. Totally. But a lot of people have switched from using like just Googling stuff to chat GPT. Already, and it's months old. You put old. in your code block like this much. You're like, hey, what's going on here? We were doing it today. I was yeah. I was pair programming with uh, my buddy that works here. Yeah. My coworker. Uh, he, he was having some Python import errors. I'm like, yeah, I always have to look this up because when you're importing in your, when you're in a folder and you try to run something in your code there, right. the module is not going to load everything properly. So you got to back out. And it's like, wait, but I just want to run this one file. Anyways, it's a whole thing. Uh, but all we did was send the import statements and then the directory structure, and it told us how to fix it, and it worked. And That's it gave incredible, me a dude. It gave me a reason. And then you learn. And I learned. So for me, when before we did this, and I was like, ah, damn, I'm never going to learn if I keep doing this. But then there's always the explanation of why it works. Now, the thing is, ChatGPT is also confidently wrong. Yeah, that's a problem. A lot. Yeah. But I know with my limited coding knowledge. Uh-huh. Um, but I know it's some, like my, my experience that I've coded before, right? I know like, okay, this is not actually wrong as hell. Let me be like, then I can just tell the bot. To like, fix the actually, problem. Actually, that won't work because of this. Yes. And so now at that point, I'm like learning because I'm regurgitating some of yeah. the stuff from before. Yeah. But then Whoa. eventually it'll get so good it won't be wrong. That's also true. Exactly. But you enter this feedback loop where the engineer is improving because of the result of the AI. That's giving you an incorrect answer potentially. And it's helping you think through the problem. But so much of like these coding things, like how many times have you Googled something that you Googled a thousand times before just because you're too lazy to actually remember how to do it? Yeah. You yep, know, yep, like yep, you're, yep. yep. And like instead of that, you're going to have. You're going to feed that into um, your personal chat your, assistant. your personalized chat assistant that knows your co- code base. This is an interesting example. So a lot of what I did at Snap mm-hmm. uh, was performance and optimization of the app. Ooh. And so it was like taking all these different metrics like startup time. How long does it take to transition yeah. between a screen or send a message? What's the latency? That kind of stuff. And we get all these stats and then I would have to organize it so that our leadership team could make decisions about uh, basically trade-offs. Like if you want this feature, it's going to cost that performance. Here's the impact. And at least just keeping an eye on things. Right. Um, all that can be automated through OpenAI <laughs> already. Like my whole job could just be freaking automated. It's crazy. Um, but that wasn't actually the point. The point was uh, another thing I worked on was documentation. Hmm. And so I was trying to scrape in all these different documents across the company and build this one single source of truth that knew freaking everything. That is the most achievable yeah. AI model ever. You just have to fine tune it and you're set. 
so like what these companies are going to start doing is they're going to feed in all of their entire code bases and everything that it relates to. And instead of like asking an engineer, hey, what's the right architecture or module or where that one's deprecated or whatever, you just ask the AI and yep. it gives you the perfect answer with like links and all now this stuff. Now your PM can go in and be like, okay, yes. hey, what API are we using for XYZ? Yeah. Or what APIs are we using are included in the bundle that we're barely using? Right. Like, can we get rid of this feature? Yes. Like now imagine if you hook it up with your analytics data and all this yeah. stuff now too, it's like, you're getting, you're tying it to usage. Everything, oh my God. Yeah. Everything goes crazy, dude. Cause now you can be like, okay, how many events does this actually get? Does this piece of code touch or get touched by users yeah. or whatever? Yeah. And how much does it cost us to keep this feature running? Should we just ax this feature? Oh, that happens We've all the to time. Think about this a lot internally. It's oh, like, it happens all the time. Like we're spending a lot to like you know keep this feature alive. Is it worth it? Yeah. Are people actually using it? Yeah. Um, it's adding two mags to the bundle. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Or it's like, hey, we need to keep extra GPUs for this. Yep. One feature. Yep. Like or like this. I mean, this thing is in a is in a code path that could be moved to that path. Like right. all of these different trade-offs that engineers spend all their time thinking about all these meetings to discuss and you know it. what it might not like that's not impossible to do today some it company isn't. can go and be like okay give us your github credit like let us auth with your github we'll have yes. read-only access yes. to all your repos and we'll build you a knowledge base and we'll build you a knowledge base that's yeah. a great startup that's, that's a great yeah. startup rubberducky.ai Rubberducky.ai. I love the AI. Ducky. Is that a real domain? No, Rubber it's oh, not. Okay. I'm going to go buy it when I get home. <laughs> They're 125 bucks a year. It's a little pricey. Yeah, um, that's true. I'm I was going to go register a ton of them, and I was like, ah, oh, yeah. all right. <laughs> we actually, we have a we have Wombo.ai. I saw NW.ai. W.ai cool. was a, a cool one. Yeah. That one was a pricey one. Yeah, well, I, I don't know if you could share, but yeah. Can't share that one. Yeah. Um, there's dream.ai as well, which is our dream app. You have dream.ai? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. That's great IP. Yeah. So we, we knew W and dream would be good. W is more like a brand recognition thing. Um, that's freaking cool. Because we, yeah, like Wombo. Wombo is yeah. already like a weird name. Um, stems from it rolls off the tongue, Wombo. Yeah. Wombo. Yeah. And it's, it's five letters, which five letter domains are not cheap. Dream yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was Wombo. Wombo is an amazing name. Wombo.com is ours. Oh, man. The trademark for Wombo was crazy. Really? We Yeah, we had to go get the trademark. Because some guy that's... Somebody already had it? ...or something has been going after people. Did he give it up easy or... No. But we got it. Um, you had to fight for it. Yeah, but it came with Wombo.com, Wombo.net, all these domains that we probably will never use. Wombo.com yeah. actually we use... Uh, but Wamba.ai is what we're more known for, I believe. I like Just having those in the arsenal. I'm a big domain guy. You can yeah, go me ask too. any of my coworkers. They're like, what the hell is this guy buying these domains for? No, they're they good. They come in handy. Yeah. <laughs> um, Even just like a marketing page. Yeah. And so we started using them for uh, our growth guy. He he likes doing the the one linkers. So you go you click a you go to like wamba.com it'll one link you somewhere and he gets the analytics. So oh yeah. He loves that where he doesn't have to kind of uh go build analytics around UTM parameters and all this stuff with a link. 
So what do you see, like, what have we not talked about in the AI landscape that people got to know that you see? Because you're into this, man. Like, this yeah. is your world. Um, it's a good question. I don't think AI, I mean, AI will, but it'll take over your job eventually. Like, but you'll be happy when that happens, I think. Yeah. I hope. I, th- I think, like, I think uh, and hope it too. Yeah. Remember how you were talking about revolutions and platforms and AI is a revolution? When DVDs came out, uh, you know, cassettes kind of went went away. Mm-hmm. Um, when Netflix went as big as it was, how often are you buying DVD players now? Yeah. Um, so yeah, industries will change. It's a disruptor, but it's okay now that that factory that was manufacturing, you know, uh, DVD players or cassette players is now manufacturing something else. Right. Uh, and then the cycle just keeps going. I forget the word. There's some econ term for this. Like uh, a treadmill, like things get yeah, recycled. Like something else gets like technology dies, and then something else will come back and replace the flywheel. it. Flywheel, yeah. So something will come in or, and replace yeah, it. Anyway, with flywheel. AI, it's difficult though. It's because like humans have like human needs of just like gratification, want to succeed at things. Generally, yeah, I, I think I, I think so too. And so, if you're not working, if you don't have to work, yes, what are you doing? that's gonna be a problem for people yeah so i guess people have to really think about what they want to do i haven't had a job for like three years and i've had to invent jobs <laughs> like this is my job right. i mean it's a, a really fun job i get to sit down and talk to you about ai like it's fucking fun yeah you're telling me i love what i do honestly it's a, uh, it's crazy it's wild it's fun it's we get to work on consumers like a really hard place to play and work in but are consumers fickle like do they do they or so everyone like everyone gets uh, mad about everything mm. uh, our users um it's just hard to get like our biggest thing is like people want retention and yeah. especially with something like uh generative ai right now it's hot who knows what it'll be in 5 years are people still going to be wanting to make images randomly yeah totally it's so fun it's a game yeah and so the the retention thing is like really like the driving metric for what do you call it uh consumer Yep. Consumer apps, even on that, is like another just like difficult place to be. Like B2B SaaS is um, more straightforward because you have a clear path. Get clients, sell them, right. lock them into a year contract, you're good to go. You're going to make like 50K or whatever for a person. Room, yeah. Good cash flow. And then with things like Pipe, you can upfront that cash flow with your SaaS revenue and you're good to go. With the ad play and all this stuff that you have to do with consumer, it gets uh difficult but it's fun because we get these emails from people we get surprisingly um a lot of emails for ptsd Hmm. um people that have like have ptsd they'll use the app to kind of express their emotions and stuff and i never thought about this i don't think i'm saving the world or anything i'm just trying to make it a lot more fun and enjoyable yeah um but never did i think it was going to help people um like emotionally you know, that's totally interesting because uh-huh. one of the things I found talking to GPT, uh-huh. I cannot help but think of it as a person. Yeah. And a lot of therapy, I feel like, is just being able to express yourself. Um, and if you can express yourself visually, textually, like whatever mediums they come up with in the future, that really will help people. Right. Yeah. 
Like, how long is it going to be before we have an AI therapist or an AI girlfriend? That's going to be a problem. I thought about this. Like, would we get yeah. the sex bots? Elon Musk is going to make those bots hot. Yeah, I mean, look. They're going to do it. Sorry to bring up sex bots on no, your, on okay. your episode. I, but. Think, um, <laughs> I think it'll come. That will come. Yeah, uh, like all that If it stuff. hasn't already in some lab. But it's like, like human connection, right? And if you can, if you can get the AI to be as human as possible, now what happens to like our reproductive rates? Do they <sighs> go down because people can't talk to real humans, and so they talk to robots. Well, uh, is it or or like are they disincentivized to talk to real people because the robots give them such they're so satisfying to talk yeah, to? It, that might happen. Like look at what like look at TikTok. Yeah, Their algorithm it's is a good so example. damn good. Yeah, that people just get stuck on it. I can get stuck on YouTube Shorts. Yeah, exactly, or YouTube Shorts. Yeah, uh, and so that I think was like the the past. So that's like if we're talking about steps of AI. Yeah, that's like analytical AI is what our CEO calls it, which is what a lot of people call it, I think, as well. But um, they're classifiers. They're telling you what something might be. So, or they're telling you a recommendation system, what you might like. We're in the age of generative now, which is new. We've never huh, had. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so think of TikTok. Their model is so damn good at surfacing content. Yeah. Imagine now what they know about what you like. And if we, if they can generate it on the fly for you. Whoa. That's crazy. So, that's so you a, have a classifier. First of all, that's an interesting distinction that I've never thought of. Yeah. You have like these different AI. I like to think of them as species or whatever, but you yeah. have like a classifier. Now you have generators. And what's going to happen when a big data player that has all of these like sophisticated classification models starts using that? To, it's like Amazon Basics. You know, like they're going and creating all of the exactly. products that they're just looking at their stats, right? What do people order? What has the best margins? Rebuild it in a generic product. Yeah. I don't know if the other people are thinking about this, but there's UGC, which is like user generated yeah. content. Then there'll be like AGC. Oh, that's funny. Which is totally. either like automate, automatically generated content or AI generated content. It's hard to imagine it'll be better though. But what, what if it think. was? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um, I think there's a there's a big bet to be made on it being at least as good. Because no one could think like TikTok's algo could be that damn good. Yeah. It's really good. It is. And it maybe is. it's also the dopamine hit that you get and how quickly you're just like... Boom, 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 next, next. Shorts is the same way. Yeah. Everyone saw that TikTok was doing well. So what happened? Instagram created reels. Yeah. YouTube made shorts. Snapchat slept on it. Snapchat. I told you guys. <laughs> anyway, I was <laughs> mad. I was fighting for it. Yeah, they'll come. Uh they'll figure it out. They'll have to, right? Well, I mean, that's a whole separate thing about right. like competing in in these in the in the ever decreasing attention span of people, right? And, and with, how that affects if, things. If one but, player has all of it, I mean, stuck. I just think we're gonna have a lot of opportunity. I think we're gonna have a lot of opportunity. Well, now that these models are easier and easier to train, or hyper, like uh, not hyper primary, sorry, uh, to hyper personalize, hyper personalized, yeah. So, like that model that was able to spit out images of your face, uh, Lenza, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a personalized model for you. It could also be your style of imagery, like we talked about earlier. Um, that's a hyper personalized model. Yeah. So, like the future is going to be 
we have this competitive landscape mm-hmm. and we have uh, we're going to see a lot of mergers, acquisitions. People are going to be making all this new technology yeah. and where it's all going to lead to is, I, I mean, I'm just thinking out loud, is a few big players with these large LLMs, right? Yep. And all the different types of models. I think of them as species. They're species. Yeah, they are. They are. Uh, see, the thing actually, though, is where I was getting at was actually it's going to be significantly cheaper and cheaper now to fine tune these models. And so you'll have startups and stuff come along. See, that's why I think your business is so interesting because like if you're making money today and your costs are going to continuously decline. You just have to hold out. Yeah, exactly. Well, and then and then elaborate your features Iterate. and, and, yeah, and yeah, build yeah. more of stuff. Course. Like you were saying, are people going to want to generate images? Absolutely. Mm. The, people have wanted to generate images since time immemorial, since we were inscribing them That's on the true. walls yeah. and cave walls or whatever. And so people want to express themselves visually. The, the players that will create the best experience will win so we hope um and well you guys already have a great experience and i yeah. think that there's a lot of opportunity there's going to be like for the for the dorks who want to parameterize everything and maybe you can like build extra things for that yeah and then there's going to be for the people that are just like uh don't have a ton casual. of ai the casual users yeah. and it's their first exposure but you can service both i'm sure you can yeah like, yeah so we internally know that we can the problem is just like running product uh, just like we're, we're there's so many new papers there's so many new models so many new techniques coming out um it's how do you prioritize when you have yeah. such a small team yeah um but if like cash flow was you know infinite infinite That'd be nice. it'd be, it's so fun yeah like we'd explore it all well but cash flow would become infinite as we trend towards agi correct and each engineer you have would be a multiplier like on themselves. Five, 10x. Yes. Now you have these 10x engineers that are. Yes. You've heard of 10x engineers? No. No. Or I, maybe fabled but. concept of memes, meme land of, yeah, I'm a 10x engineer. I get 10 times more done than you. Uh, there's oh, also like the funny. the fake 10x engineer of. I take want credit this, for. <laughs> yeah. Or people want this mythical engineer that can do it all. Um. But, you know, not one engineer can do it all. Yeah, because people need to specialize before AGI. But now people actually can. Yeah. So you can take a specialist or generalist and they can work in either capacity. Mm -hmm. So you already have everyone on your team using Copilot. Mm -hmm. And this is in its nascent form. It's infancy. It's not even there yet. Yeah. Like you were saying, it's not perfect. But it's still so good that um, people are willing to use it. Well, one of the th- one of the first tests that really got the juices flowing in my mind with ChatGPT was uh, I had this. I use Google Apps Scripts a lot. Nice for a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. a great platform. It's good. And one of the limitations that I have is their cache limit is like one meg. Hmm. But like I'll need to like cache a hundred megs of of a giant data set. Um, and so I built this system that would chunk the data and store it across different keys, blah, 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 bring it all together. It was unreliable because sometimes the cache service would drop the keys for different reasons randomly. 
All I did was explain that problem to GPT mm-hmm. and it said, why aren't you using the property service? You should use the property service, not the cash service. The wow. property service has like no limits on the on the key size or this blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh my God. And then I fed it the code and I was like, rewrite this code to use the property service. Instantly did it. There it goes. And then you, of course, you could take that and put that into a cache layer for different things and like and combine them in different ways. But the fact that it could solve a problem that had been plaguing me for literally years and it's not like he spent a crazy amount of time trying to fix it i just knew that once in a while i had to rebuild the cache right and um but still it, because it knew the whole architecture of app scripts in a way that i didn't because i didn't read all the documentation yeah because also sometimes the documentation is just out of date like, out of date or you can't read it all there's just so much like on aws i face this problem so many services Finding exactly what I need is very like hard. The easiest way I've been able to do a pre-chat GPT is I'd ask our account team and they'd get me on with a PM or an engineer from that or a solutions architect. And that takes time, right? You need to, you're, you're scheduling human people's time. Yeah. And then I was doing something else with uh, instant storage. And so I don't want to get too deep into what I was doing, not because of like, NDA or whatever, but I don't want to bore you. Uh, it'll, um, it'll be interesting. I mean, as deep as you want or whatever. Uh, yeah. So, okay. I'll, I'll go a little surf. Let's this is it. an engineeringly episode. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, so AWS, you get a GPU. It comes with storage physically on the server. Um, it comes with 125 gig NVMe SSD. The problem is that SSD is not activated. It's ephemeral storage. You turn the instance off, you lose the whole thing. Oh, it's like memory. Yeah. Um. And then to turn it on, you use EBS, which is Elastic Block Storage, which is like a drive that is somewhere else, same data center, that's hooked up via a fiber connection. Uh, I don't even even know if it's a real fiber connection or not. Uh, And then so you say, hey, I want 30 gigs here or 70 gigs here. And so you pay for that. But you also have this 125 gigs sitting right on the server, the physical server where my GPU is. And so the bandwidth to get, like, not bandwidth, sorry, the latency to get to my uh, my EBS, my block storage, is higher than the one sitting on my physical server. Well, that makes sense. That is right. higher. Yeah, exactly. It makes sense. But I can't access the one on my damn server because it's not uh, it's not mounted. And my AMI doesn't allow it. So AMI is like the Amazon machine image. It's like an ISO when you... Uh, boot up a new computer like when you're launching Ubuntu or you need to restore Windows you get the ISO and you reinstall the whatever the operating system so the the operating system has to support it and now I'm like god damn it so I go look for, looking for the documentation and there's this crazy yes. ass long rabbit hole I'm starting to go down I'm like okay what am I doing and so I go to chat GPT and it just tells me like this what I need to do and I'm like holy crap well, this has been like blocking my work because I don't want to look through the documentation yeah. Uh, and other things keep coming up. And so I'm like, okay, shoot, I have to backlog it, backlog it, backlog it. But this is something I can fix very shortly, like very easily. Um, and it, it solved it? It worked. So just to recap, so I just got a curiosity. Yeah, no, 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 you had like a local thing you were trying to access yeah. that you couldn't. You knew that like there was a way to access it. You fed that question into GPT and it unlocked you, unblocked you, I mean. Yep. Uh, and Holy I'm saving shit. money now. And I'm booting up faster. Okay, so now multiply that by every engineer on your team. 
And this is something that wasn't a priority and wasn't going to get done. Right. Because it's not a big deal. Like yeah, you have a workaround. Like it's a of this, latency. And then I didn't know how much faster it was going to be because I've never been able to access the storage. So I couldn't benchmark it. Right. And I was like, oh, damn, this is good. It's so hard to read documentation. And guess what? You shouldn't have to read documentation. You should ask your question to something that has read all the documentation. Boom. Yeah. Exactly. And now where it's going to suck, though, is... Um, when a new service or a new product comes out and it's not indexed. But you know what? You can easily fine tune. Or I can just take the documentation in some format. Say it's like 10 pages long. You have to keep clean next. I copy, put it into ChatGPT, copy, yes. put it into ChatGPT, yes. summarize. Yes. Summarize. Summarize. And that's only, we only have these limits because it's still pricey. Is the cost yeah. come down? And it only allows so many tokens. Yeah, um, exactly. It has a limit. Of limit, tokens. yeah. But that's GPT three architecture. GPT four. Have you heard anything about GPT four? So they built it. It's ready. Um, Wait, like if this is the thing about working at like these cool tech companies is you get early I get to access. Hear all this crazy stuff. I don't exactly. have access to it. Well, but um, like as an insider, you get you hear cool information. Hear little rumblings, yeah. but um, they're saying GPT three is. That's their first public one, right? GPT-1 yeah. and 2. I don't think they ever made publicly available. I never way. heard of them. Yeah, so those two are in... They have research papers and white papers and whatnot that they released. But they don't have a product offering around it, um, like GPT-3, the API, and then now chat GPT, which is, uh, I think, sits on top of GPT-3. Yeah. Or use some similar architecture and then use like RLHF to train it. Um where was I going with this? Uh, GPT-4. GPT-4, you're right. Uh, GPT-4 is, I think GPT-3 is like X billion parameters. Yeah. I don't know how many billion. Yeah. Uh, GPT-4 is like two, three times that. Oh my um, God. But, but but is it the parameter count increasing that creates the magic of GPT? Like, uh, is it going to so be... index more. I think it basically comes down to understanding more things. Okay. So the misinformation should improve. Yeah. And also the amount of things, you, like the token limits and stuff like that, theoretically should go up. Um, and they're saying it's supposed to be amazing. If GPT-3 is this good, uh, can you imagine what the next iteration... I'm hoping it's like another step function, but I'm worried that the breakthrough was generators mm, and maybe right. Yeah, like uh, or is it? What are the models called? Are they called transformers or generators? I think uh, they're called transformers. Transformers. Google is, created transformers, yeah. and OpenAI uses use, those use transformers them, yeah. to so create just like GPT. diffusion models. Were yeah. created by I don't know by who. Uh, some research paper probably came out, and they like found them. Right. Um, and what they're basically trying to do is predict the next word, and which is right. kind of like what we're trying to do. Yeah. You don't really know what you're going to say. You're just kind of speaking. And then depending on what you know, like yeah. you can't even analyze what you say. Your brain explodes. But like um, with uh, with those, they're always trying to predict the next word. And is that the magic breakthrough that won't really create a step function if we give it more information? Hmm. I hope GPT-4 is better. It's hard to imagine that it could be way better. But right. getting back to the coding, I uh -huh. think the coding, because it is so scoped, uh -huh. it's such a finite problem. It seems like we should be able to create perfect coding co-pilots co or coding companions. 
Yeah, you you would hope, and I yeah. I, th- I do think yeah eventually because ha- we'll have read all the documentation and it'll know everything. It'll yeah. know everything. Like say I'm trying to use like Stripe's API. Yeah, I can just ask it a question like, hey, how do I actually do this? Yeah. So now like chatbots like uh, who is it Zendesk and all these people that have chatbots. Do they have chat? Who's the big chatbot player? I keep forgetting their name. Uh, Zendesk seems like they would. Zendesk and then whatever. There's these chatbots that. Or like help FAQ mm-hmm. or like help mm-hmm. so customer like, service. Exactly. Now, if it has, now imagine a developer chatbot. I'm like, hey, oh yeah, how do I use this? So now Stripe would be hopefully willing to pay OpenAI to be like, here's all my documentation. Can you create us a bot that I can put on the side of my thing so I don't get customer support emails? Totally. Now that's less overhead. I need to keep on my payroll. Yeah. Uh, uh, and the engineers, I already do it. I already do it. Like if I want to install a new package, the first thing I do is go to GPT-3 and say, here's what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. What are the popular services that already do it? Mm-hmm. It'll give me all those. Which ones of those have public APIs? It'll give me that. Um, which of these are and you know, I'm reading and asking follow-up questions. It's right. not perfectly accurate. And I do have to go do some research. And sometimes I've like installed things that I didn't use because it had misinformation and right. it didn't actually represent the features. But it is like, again, if you prompt it into accuracy, that's the key. Right. But like, you could just go and you could be like, um, even somebody who's never like, you just have a ten, tensory or like a, a very peripherally, what am I trying to say? A very surface level understanding of coding. Mm-hmm. Um, you can say like, what is the best package manager for this problem? Okay. Uh, how do I install that? How do I get this CLI for it? You know, like you you just don't need to know that much. You don't need to be an expert. That's the point. That's what the point I'm trying to get to. And I think, um, we're talking about coding right now, but imagine like the rest of it, people thought that, you know, the creative jobs would go last with AI. Yeah, the, I wouldn't consider. I mean, coding can be creative. Don't get me wrong, but uh, no one thought like uh, artists were going to be the art, first yeah. to be like displaced. Uh, it was always, you know, like menial, like blue collar jobs were going to go first. Yeah, but here we are, and here I think are. I think programmers are going to be. Isn't that interesting? Go actually, early. though. Yeah. So now let's expand on that. Are doctors any different? Are so lawyers any Chat different? GPT was able to pass the medical exam. Oh, yeah, I did hear and that. And the, the LSATs or whatever. MCATs, LSATs, yeah, both of them. Yeah, I got like a B on like a... Or like actually, I think I got like a 125 on, on IQ or something. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, like I don't... I, I haven't looked into it too much, but I'd imagine my WebMD questions are now going to go from... Uh, WebMD and Google to ChatGPT. Yeah. But the problem is now WebMD is like a, they have like block, like pictures and images and all that. When will ChatGPT start getting images? Probably like, crazy. oh, it, does your rash look like this or like this? Now, are does you thinking of like integrating, it? like as, for, for Wamba, like as a general strategy, it's such an artistic platform. Mm-hmm. Um, there's kind of two questions that come to mind, like just as a little bit of a tangent, like, no, please. Yeah. Um, one of the problems I have with digital art is I can't make exactly what I imagine and I can't prompt it perfectly. It sounds like cheating. 
Like I told you to ask okay. me this, but right. uh, okay, tell me. We're coming out with a new feature that allows you to. Uh, so you'll generate an artwork, and then you'll be able to edit it. Oh, that's what I've needed. And then the way you edit it is in a chat-like interface. You t- describe what you want. Oh my God, that's exactly what I've needed. Yeah. Um, so it is a solvable problem. Yeah. But like, how specific? Like, do so you have I, any early results that are pro- yeah, ho- hopeful so, uh, or promising? It's looking pretty good. Um, I wouldn't say it's like mind blowing yet, but this is how it works. When uh, when we were doing latent diffusion before stable diffusion came out and changed the game, the the quality we were getting was nothing compared to what stability has been able to do. But they they retrained and they trained a model on uh, using latent diffusion. We tried, but we didn't have the the kind of money that we could burn. Like you know, a little bit over half a million dollars to train. Um, so we know, like, if we're early for this, we were early for latent diffusion, and someone made it better. We feel that we can be early again here with the editing. Yeah, that's what we need. Uh, we need to be able to edit. And I assume there was a problem early. But... We can retrain after the model, so now you're already able to edit. So you know, hey, I can edit uh, image that I created. So, like, if I take a if I create a picture and a scene mm-hmm. of like, let's say, there's a beautiful woman standing in Times Square, um, and she has a red dress, and right. I want to change it to a black dress. Easy. Really, that specific. Yeah. Hair color, eye color. Yeah, so first what? what you'll do is you'll do the, and obviously in a perfect world, yes, all of it. Um, easy ones that I've seen is changing the color of clothes, uh, putting hats on, what? changing backgrounds. Uh, like right now, like there's a background behind me. We can say, make it dark and it'll like dim the lights. Um, make me bald, give me a beard. So that's like kind of stuff that there's been like like the gimmicky apps or whatever. I wouldn't want to call them gimmicky. But this stuff has existed, right? Like make someone bald or like the beautify apps and stuff like that. But now we're getting a a, a, a bit further on with like it using like cooler AI techniques where I can be like, hey, make me old. Um, but you could be specific. You can. Yeah. OK, now can I look at something in the scene and can I say like add a fire hydrant on the on the left on street corner. on that corner? Yes. Um, that would be where crazy, I really want to go is literally. So there's, a, have you heard of in painting? Uh. Uh-uh. In painting is like you draw, like so you have your painting. You can draw a little portion here and be like, uh, you know, yellow sun, and we'll just put a sun in that little portion. Um. Oh, oh, I see. Like Location based. Oh, that's a really so good idea. Actually, you put a mask, and then you just uh, paint on that portion of the image. That's a really good idea. I haven't yeah, thought of that. Yeah, so you that. can do that with in like the editing feature. Where so you, you can, can combine prompting with uh, masking. Yep. Um, and then there's another thing. So you were te- uh, we were talking about how you generate an image and then you edit it. Yeah, that's power. I can also, this won't be in V1 because of product restraints on our end, um, but you can take a picture of someone and edit that. It doesn't have to be generated what yeah is it gonna still look photorealistic uh yes 
So like, could I, I take a picture so. of myself and like beautiful, like whiten my teeth and yeah. and change my eye color and I don't that's know, just hope. whatever. And so that's why we need to. Uh, we're actually in the process of fine tuning that model and making it better. Uh, what does that process even look like? Just using better images, using better data. So the model currently was trained in a lab uh, that had to do it as cheaply as possible. What does it look like to train a model? Hmm. Fantastic question. Um, again, I'm going to butcher this probably, so don't hold me accountable. Oh, I will uh, appreciate it. Um, what they do is they take a bunch of labeled data. Yes. Um, labeled with like edits because we're editing right now. And so you give it human-like edits and then we see how it changed. So like there's this water bottle uh, I can put it in my hand like this. You take an image and then the you take another image like this and say, without the water bottle or remove the water bottle. And that's the labeling. Yeah. And so now you have both images, one with the bottle, one without the bottle. And then so it knows, hey. And so that's how it learns. It. Yeah. And there's this, I think there's another technique involved called like prompt to prompt by Google um, where they use GPT-3 uh, or a language model, some language model to create new prompts off of it. I'm not very well versed in how this technique works yet because it's pretty fresh, but it should be coming to our app in like a week and a half. Holy shit. Yeah. I'm going to look forward to that. Yeah. But so you take these labeled data sets yep. and then, where do you get the labeled data sets? So either you make it yourself or someone made one and they, they open sourced it and they're, you know, use it. We've, we've already used it we've labeled. And is it always, okay. So, Man, so now the layers are starting to get clearer. So we have all these layers in mm. machine learning. One layer is that you have a bunch of data mm. and that data is labeled. Yep. That's the training data. Yeah. And there's an archive of that on the internet that somewhere. you can go and download somewhere. Yep. And Or you can create your own, but it's probably going to be better to use the archive. Real world archive data, yeah. Then you start creating these models based off of different architecture architectures. And you feed that architecture, the data, and we've come up with like a few models, like in image generation, we have diffusion yep. in text, we have, uh, transformers. transformers. So you can also do this thing called like audio diffusion. So that'll, or you denoise audio. Is that like deep fake stuff? Um, or, oh, denoise audio. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so like so improve quality. Like, yeah. You can improve quality and you can also create new audio uh there's also video diffusion text, see that seems so processor intensive like i can't even imagine yeah it's not it's not cheap um is it not cheap yeah no. how could it be right yeah there's like a lot of other crazy issues to deal with as well when you're generating video yeah uh, because right now we can generate frames i can generate a still i can generate a still and what is video just a bunch of stills put together totally at some fps frames per second Gamers like 60 plus or whatever, right? So if we can just take all these stills that I made, slap them together, do 30 of them a second, 24 of them a second, you now have a video. Yeah. But it uh, takes 2.4 seconds per frame. To generate. For yeah. Now. For now. Yeah. And we're not running on like the latest and greatest hardware because the price performance isn't there yet. Um, but we've optimized our model. So yeah, I talk about this 2.4 seconds that it takes to generate an image right now. Before it used to take us fifteen, right? When we first launched, right? Um, 
And then we optimize and optimize and optimize. You'll get it to 300 milliseconds. And we'll get it down. But then you're not going to, you're, you're still going to spend 2.4 seconds. It's no, just no, going to no. be way better. So you don't have to spend the 2.4. 2.4 includes uh, the number of steps. But if we're faster, it won't take 2.4. I'm counting to end, end to end. And if you're doing a video frame by frame, there's yeah. some kind of information that can be retained between frames that you don't have to regenerate. Maybe there's an efficiency gain there. Theoretically, possibly. so that, that that's where I was kind of getting to is the issue um, right now is a temporal one. Uh, I can generate a bunch of frames, but how do I make sure that you know you stay in this portion? You're not floating to that. Oops, sorry. Totally. You're not going to that side of the frame or that side of the frame. And say you're walking down that way, right? But I, you, like, if I keep generating, I need to make sure your body is going interpolating that way. pixels exactly, in a and they have to interpolate in a coherent manner coherent. that way while you walk that way. You can't just start walking that way and then end up here in one frame. Yeah, right. Yeah, you have to keep going um, on the path you were on. But it seems like people have been able to solve that. And it's an engineering problem. Yeah. So they will solve it eventually. Yeah. I mean, uh, Facebook has a make a video or text some video thing already out. I think that's a cool use case. But I honestly think that digital art and uh, text generation are like two great use cases. Yeah. And it'll it, be more though. Yeah. Yeah. We just have to wait for the models to get here. So there'll be like audio yep. stuff, like clean up audio. Clean up and generate brand new audio. See, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. So you feed in, and how much training data do you think you need before you can reconstruct somebody's voice? Perfect oh. fidelity, perfect fidelity. Good question. I was just thinking this in my head. There's this um, thing called, I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm going to butcher this. Volley or valley. It's like dolly with the D, mm. but a V instead. And it takes about, I think you just need sub 30 seconds of your voice. What? Oh, that's nothing. Sub it, 30 it might seconds. Be even open source. You might even be able to play around with it. Oh my God. I was thinking you need like 50 hours. No. These guys have done some amazing things. See, but I bet if you do give it 50 hours, you get you some pretty get better, accurate results. Better, yeah. So there's also this notion of like zero shot. So being able to do it like, like instantly, which is um, where everyone, I think, wants to get to with this kind of stuff. Like imagine just having one sample of like, boom. And it's able to do it. Obviously, it's in audio, it's a little bit harder to understand. If that's even doable. Yeah. But imagine in Lensi, you gave them 15 to 20 images or however many images, right? What if it just did it with one image? That, how could it? Like, that's you know, shot. I didn't even know. Is that like a problem? Like, if we have so much data. I feel we like that's data, an optimization like, layer. That, But like, what would be the use case for optimizing that layer? So that is the user experience. Oh, right. Okay. You, That's a good point. I don't point. have like 20 pictures ready to go. That's a good point. Of myself that are like exactly like what they need. Like yeah. Probably I'm smiling or, you know, I have sunglasses or I'm with other people. So they have some like probably per case way to like read in a face and then be able to recreate it instantly yep. without a ton of training. And so data. that's where zero shot is. That's what I, that's what I've been told is zero shot, which makes sense, right? You, there's no training about it. Zero shot learning. Dude, that is wild. Yeah. See, the, every layer can be optimized. That's what's crazy. So that makes the experience better. And like, imagine now you're doing some deep fakes, which is look, deep fake, you take one image and we generate over it. 
I mean, yeah. I don't think that zero shot because that's doing like something else where you're putting your face over multiple frames onto someone else's. But it's in that same vein of like, hey, you just needed one image and you're able to get you singing and dancing. We're going to need like some kind of um, platform to be able to attribute or verify the source yeah. of materials. Like we need something that gives us the Twitter verified badge for one plus one equals two mm -hmm. and the earth is round. You know, like you could just look at every other planet in the solar. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I was talking to this person. They were like, there's a, there's a, there's a glass dome above the earth and like all this crazy shit. I'm like, okay, if the earth is flat, why can't you walk off the edge of it? <laughs> You know, like yeah, you'd be able to find an edge. Fly at the edge and they're like, no, it's a disc. I'm like, yeah, it's a disc. That's a ball. It's like, anyway, it's like hilarious how people have such a, such a tenuous understanding themselves of science and technology, but, uh, it won't really matter what people understand. If you can search your question into a chat bot and it gives you a verified check mark right. that like this species has determined this is a verified fact. Mm. And then they'll still say NASA faked the moon landing. Right. And I'm sure if you prompt it enough, ChatGPT will tell you NASA faked the moon landing. Unless that's one of their things, just like we were talking about the president stuff, right? With Trump and Biden. Do you think it's even worth coded in there? Do you think it's worth like setting up all these guardrails, just knowing that a, I guess it's worth it because of how powerful it is. And we don't know when the kind of like I don't want to say doom or whatever, but like when AGI will come fully. In five years, we might see a speck of it in a lab somewhere. But it gets shut down quick, right? Um, now, do you think it'll be like it comes on the scene all at once? Or do you think you'll just be interfacing with this different AI tech and it'll just get better and better until one day it's indistinguishable? Well, I'd imagine, like I mentioned, right, the products are going to bring it yes. into the, the mainstream. So like normal. And elaborate facts. the models. Exactly. So like, hmm, like right now, chat GPT, now a lot of non again non-tech non engineer non-ai people i like to call them like normies, normies normal people that don't deal with this stuff day to day i think it's a lot they know what the hell what this is they're learning now that ai is like this crazy thing and they get a glimpse of it just like probably the people that have been building jasper for so long have known that you can do and so now okay they're like okay so the ai can understand this and eventually some other video product will come out uh a a cooler, deeper, more engaging and realistic deep fake comes out. There's all these more crazy techniques come yeah. out. And then slowly it, everyone's now accustomed to it and then understands what AI can do. And then OpenAI comes out and says, hey, we have this cooler, newer model. Stability comes out with something else. And then I don't think AGI is just going to be a like a one-stop. Yeah, like, right. Boom. It has to be iterative. Yeah, you're not going to get there. One Unless of the, someone is like sitting on it, ah, that'd be think. yeah, that'd be interesting, right? If yeah. somebody had some new some new architecture, well, but so you probably heard recently that Sam Altman's like uh, lobbying for like, hey, these open source things are not safe. I didn't hear that. What yeah. open source? So like, stability is all open source, right? So he's like, hey, these image models, you can already see the crazy shit that's happening. Yeah. Um, if we keep this going at this rate, we're gonna like some mad scientist in his bedroom or whatever is just going to crack the code and do some crazy shit or start oh, that's terrifying yeah well there's a few things that come to mind with that that are terrifying one is like one person could like go and create a troll farm right right but i mean obviously the the, the one thing that we're leaving out is you need compute 
still. Oh, that's a good limitation. Yeah. Nice. But if you're rich enough. If you're uh, George Soros or whatever, like if you're some like mega billionaire yeah. that has his you're own sad. agenda. Yeah. Yeah. What's that guy's name? Uh, the island guy. Yeah. Epstein. Epstein. He had the money. Yeah. yeah. He could do some damage. He did some pretty shady shit. Yeah. Um, imagine yeah, he, if he had like, instead of like kids or whatever, it was like he was using AI to do something even crazier, more nefarious. Yeah. Like, if there is more nefarious than what he was doing. Well, I mean, like manipulate uh, people, like build a COVID that really is bad or yeah, whatever. Like, yeah. And it's... I don't know, um, like real world so that's destruction. What the whole, that's what OpenAI's whole thing is like, hey, we want to we wanna build this cool thing, but we need to make sure that we have yeah. the guardrails in place. Yeah. And that's why keeping it open is bad. So I get kind of where they're coming from. But then again, I also think like, Okay, but then you're also building, like, look at what ChatGPT is doing right now, where only, like, you can do something good about Biden, but not Trump. Yeah, they're like, building their own your biases in, into the system. Not, and again, I don't want to make it political. I just don't want skews. Yeah. And then you can't go and say, hey, the people that are letting it go run free are bad. So. I, I think that that's a really good point. And they probably have to set up some guardrails to protect themselves, not even themselves, people from yeah. uh, from how powerful AI is. And so they're just going to make mistakes along the way. And the crazy thing is how disruptive all this can be, though. Like if you can, I mean, it, the thing that I just come back to is if every engineer on your team represents 10 people, mm -hmm. then your startup can compete with Google. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. And I think that's why Google is scared of ChatGPT. Well, then it comes down to, like, what is the quality of your ideas more than are you well capitalized or, or do you, you know, know the, the right, right people? Yeah. It's going to be ideas more egalitarian in that way. Wow, I didn't think about that. Holy cow. Before, it was all about the execution. Yeah. Is well, but the execution the is... Can execute it. it. Yeah, but the execution is tied into who do you know, Exactly. And exactly. what's your, yeah, like, like if you have the money to even execute, like someone else could yeah. have had any idea. Yeah. Like we wanted to translate into fusion, but we didn't have the money to execute. Right. It. Right. But now if anything can be done for cheaper, faster, then there's a low barrier to entry into anything. This is why I think we have to be headed for like a utopia or a dystopia and there's no middle ground because like if everything's free and easy, what does that mean? <laughs> like, you know? I didn't think about that. Wow, 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 wow. Because this whole time I've I've just been like uh, in my head I'm like no, you can't take my job. <laughs> I can't take my job. Uh, but here we are. Well, hopefully we all just are more. Um, we're all more capable, and everyone gets yeah. to be more creative and build more cool shit and just do more interesting things. Yeah, and I think that's their hope. Yeah, that's opening eyes goal. Yeah. Uh, and also like stability is also on the same path i keep talking about them because they're kind of going at it um stability and open, open ai, AI yeah uh, i've not seen many people use dolly but um because you you can't oh they the yeah right it's locked down uh and only certain people have access to the api because it's so good they don't want you before you couldn't make like images of people like famous people so, like, if you want, like, Barack Obama or hmm, whatever. That's interesting. You can't make it because they don't want you being, like, hey. That makes sense, you know, actually. X person with, like, 10 dicks in their mouth or something. Yeah, no, that totally makes yeah, sense. It, and that, that shit's going to happen. It, right. 
because somebody will train their own model. But that is a good limitation. So we got to set up guardrails. And Especially on images, when images get so real. Just like deepfakes, people were really scared of deepfakes uh, early on. Because Yeah, because how imagine? can you tell? How can you tell? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're going to need some kind of verified truths. So OpenAI, actually, on that note, has a way of telling you if some content was generated by GPT-3 or by an LLM. I can kind of hear the tone in its voice. Really? Yeah, like I have uh, these Upwork mm. contractors and they are <laughs> sending me notes with GPT. <laughs> like I can like, tell. Wait a minute. Yeah, Did you write I, this? I don't mind. I think it's cool. I think it's awesome. Hey, man, I, I think a lot of people won't mind. Some people might get upset. But you got to learn to move with the times. Yeah. Uh, like, hey, if this person got what you wanted done in 10 minutes... You wanted them to spend 10 hours thinking about it? like. Well, also, if it equips somebody with the ability to communicate who has a language barrier, and like that's a big deal. That yeah. opens up economies for entire worlds, like the third world. Yeah. And I think that's where um, that's where the most good will come. Yeah, yeah. Because the most good, benefit. Like, people in the third world don't care about doing all this crazy messed up shit. Yeah. They just want a better life. Yeah. Um, or at least I, that's what I think. Uh, there's probably a couple, you know, I'm sure super villains. People, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. But like, I don't know. They're going to, a lot of those. But that's where the benefit, benefit will be best served. Yeah. I mean, OpenAI is also one of the largest researchers of UBI. I heard that. They have an experiment running yeah. for five years. Yeah. Which also I'm like, damn, what does it take five years? But then I'm like, oh, okay, makes sense. You got to train all these different scenarios, different models. Because they obviously think AGI is coming, and when it comes, what are we going to do? How do we do it? It's got to be UBI, man. Like, what? I don't know. What do you think about it? Like, I've actually chatted about this a lot with people. It's just like I don't know. Like, uh, if there's UBI, do people? What is the? What is the goal? What do people's? What drives a person to do anything? Right now, it's. I don't. I think it can't. Like, I don't know. I think, it, well, yes, a lot of people will descend into their vices and comforts and all that stuff. But I think that it's important to provide a baseline to everyone in society when everything is automated and free. And so, like, if the cost of as the cost of bread and housing trend is zero through automation and robotics and oh. AGI, then we give we redistribute mm. that back through some kind of tax, right? Even like seven hundred dollars a month, you know, like that's not going to be enough to change. Yeah. Nobody can really live on that. Yeah, but they can get their health insurance. They can get their food. Yeah, as long as I mean, so where does the seven hundred come from? Is what a lot of people might ask. Like right now, we Tesla, this- they got to fucking pay for it. Pay for all the automation. That's true. Yeah, like how many drivers so are they going to displace? Yeah, so should they be the ones that are uh, paying? Um, I think that any tech company that automates society should be taxed at a very marginal tax. You know, like nothing crazy. It's not going to take that much but compared they to the, the sole. They become an, a monopoly on bread distribution or whatever. So they're still making money. I mean, I I, I, yeah, it's really complicated. Like maybe if you had some kind of central fund that, like, if 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 the government deemed that this 
company was automating this sector of the job market and displacing this number of people. Mm-hmm. But then like the thing, if you look at the whole history of humanity, it's jobs are changing. Like yeah. we never like run out of stuff to do. Factory, to exactly. Factory, exactly. It's that treadmill else. or whatever yeah, that uh, thing. Someone will go have to now whoever's making the bread will now go make servers. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Or art or, or art. yeah. Yeah. And then sometimes it comes back to me and I think is, uh, is like, okay, so how do we innovate? Is Samsung and Apple, are they going to make the iPhone 30? Yeah. Will they keep pushing? Will we get better OLED technology? Will we get better tech if there's no incentive? But now maybe the incentive structure changes. Since I think money is now fake or whatever, right? It's not needed. Yeah. Yeah. We become a credit society and you yeah. get your monthly allotment of credits that's enough to live. You can hoard credits if you want, but like everyone already has a replicator in their house can or I whatever. Get a Ferrari? Uh, you, no, well, you have to earn the Ferrari. Mm. Like, yeah, I think we'll always have status. We'll always have right. some way to signal status. We'll and, need it. I mean, I'm not saying that I, I like status or anything, but it's like a. It's just part of our part of animal our nature. Life. Yeah. We'll, we'll need to be at the top of the kingdom. Yeah. We'll need some way to signal all those things. But. All that's bullshit. Like nobody really cares about that. That's rich people games. Right. The real thing that matters is making it so that everyone has the Maslow's hierarchy of needs satisfied. Yes. You this have comes up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maslow. He yeah. had some great ideas. Yeah. Uh so you want everyone in your society to be able to actualize. And what does that mean to actualize? Well, it means to fill whatever the measure of their potential is. Right. You're a seed that can be something. You're an acorn. You want to be an oak tree. How do you get there? Well, you're never going to get there if you're planted in rotten soil or, or if you can't yeah, like find a, can. or yeah, like if you're in a garbage can. Right. Um, but if we can make it so that everybody is planted in fertile soil, which we can do, then we're going to get a lot more oak trees, a lot more clean air. <laughs> I mean, it seems like this is all not even necessary for America. The real place we need to be doing this is in the poorest countries in the world. I don't right. even know, you know. Yeah, no, I agree. Africa, I don't even know where it is. Me neither. But, but yeah, whatever, they, wherever people are truly struggling for clean water, daily bread, that kind of shit is energy, where the money, energy is a big one. don't have running, like, like running, running water, water or energy. In certain places of the world, right? That is where we need to deploy um, the resources. version of this that comes out. Yeah. Yeah. But I think we are going to have to have something. Otherwise, it's going to be a monopoly for real where all of the wealth gets concentrated in a few individuals. And you just have to pray and hope they're good kings. That's a bad system. That's That's why we have a democracy. It is where we're at, right? Right. It is where we're at. We're we're praying that open AI... Yeah, stability. All these other large players aren't. And Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, yeah. and luckily they're doing cool shit with their money, right? Right, and they're not just wrecking us. Yeah, because well, Elon depends on how you yeah, look at it, it depends but, on who you are. Yeah, like if your job, if your job is driving, you might not like, like what Tesla's doing, exactly, or what Waymo or Cruise exactly. or these people are doing. Yeah, right. no, I agree. But again, this goes back to the VCR, the DVDs. Things churn, and you'll change. Yeah, we uh, we have to adapt, right? We have to adapt, As a society. 
We have to adapt as a society and just be comfortable with the fact that the jobs of today will not be the jobs of tomorrow. Yeah. Like before, like 40, 50 years ago, were there programmers? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that is like one of the biggest needs in the universe is right. like every programmer demands, I used to always say this, it's like every programmer demands like 1.2 programmers. <laughs> so like if you hire a programmer, you automatically need 20% of another programmer. Mm. Now, does that equation change with AGI? Probably. Right. Yeah. And now people can go do things that, I don't know, pique their interest in another way. Yeah. So the thing that I think is pretty cool is um, if Elon Musk really can pull this shit off with the Tesla bot mm -hmm. and we open AI, builds the brain, Elon Musk builds the body, we bring the two together. Okay. Now what? Now what? Yeah. Okay. Now what if a Tesla bot was 500 bucks a month? Wouldn't you buy like 50 of them? Why wouldn't you buy 5,000 of them yeah. and just get those things working for you? Go build an orchard. Go build a freaking pyramid. 500 bucks a month. That yeah. is very reasonable. That's very reasonable for what you get for an yeah. automatic machine that can go to the grocery store and clean your house do and do your laundry and, and do your taxes. That kind of shit. Like that would be crazy. And honestly, the government will let this happen. I, oh, that's a good question. I I mean, I think they'll be incentivized to because we all just want to get richer and have more cool shit. I think yeah. at the end of the day, everyone wants more luxuries. But if I now have these bots in my possession, I know how to tinker around with them a little bit. Some guy straps guns to these it's bad terrifying. boys. I don't know if that'll happen because I'm sure they can remotely turn these off or whatever. Well, what they should do is the same guardrails that OpenAI puts in. Yeah, they should create physical material science. Like you can prove at the material oh, science yeah. level that the actuators break past 10 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. So it cannot run faster than 10 miles an hour. And then, it, then it like figures out nanotechnology. It like evolves itself to be able to like, you know, it's a, this is where Terminator comes in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or, or Will Smith's movie, AI, AI robot. Oh, I robot. I robot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We might be headed there, but I think we're actually not, I think we are headed towards a utopia really? where, yeah, where everyone gets way more productive and, mm. and, um, it's going to be gradual and and really the thing we have to watch out for is the haves and the have nots because it's going to feel pretty fucking unfair when one person is capable of basically everything and you feel stuck in a rut that's going to create a lot of envy and jealousy animosity, and animosity and so like that's where i think the redistribution has to happen where we just get real well, and be like people want to like right now open AI, or microsoft spent a shitload of money on open ai more than a billion yeah wow yeah so microsoft's gonna be like hey i need to recoup my costs mm -hmm. which sounds fair right i'm yeah i'm for it. yeah you paid all this money you should get your reward but now what like what about the person that needs it more than Microsoft. Yeah, I mean, we're, that's this is why we have to figure out. What, so, do you know the results of the UBI experiment? From I don't know if there's results yet, hmm. uh, but if there are, no, I don't. I wish. See, interesting. I have to imagine that it will take eighty percent of people will just become plants. <laughs> you know, it's like they live, they die. It didn't really matter, right. whatever. But then that twenty percent that gets unlocked. That's kind of how life is right now, though. It is. It is right. And so, yeah, actually, the, right. So, like, it's 80% of people about, really well, are just NPCs in the video game. In a thousand years, will anyone know who I am? 
Yeah, I, I hope, but I don't know. Maybe everyone hopes. I don't think, I don't think history so. has a long memory <laughs> for no. any of us, for any of us. I mean, who do we remember from history? Marcus Aurelius, you know, Genghis Khan. I don't know. There's yeah. a couple. Those guys are like one of their entire Class whatever. And there yeah. was a lot less people back then. Well, are we going to remember Steve Jobs in 100 years? He changed the world, right? He invented yeah. the iPhone. Um, That's a great question. I will... I don't think so, man. I think history has a short memory because people alive, they just care about the here and now. That is very <laughs> and, true. And that's reasonable. That's reasonable. We all have our time when it's yeah. over. When like, I'm dead, am I going to care? And Probably not. I don't know. Maybe this is a good question for us to end on because because yeah. I, I, I don't know like what I don't I don't want to monopolize your time. No, like, you're I, good. Okay. I mean, I could literally talk about this stuff all day. You're good. But uh yeah, like, do you think that this whole artificial intelligence revolution is going to challenge people's spiritual beliefs? Like, if we essentially build a machine god, what does that mean for religion? I think a lot of people already believe that we're working backwards, like we're in some simulation, right? like the Matrix. People are like, yeah, AI has already been invented. Y'all are just playing what do you in think? another sim simulation. I I don't think that. Okay. I feel like I have a lot of control over my own being. Maybe but it's all just in my head, like Matrix. Um, I do think people are going to get, and I'm sure this is a general trend that's been happening as we've, like, as science has progressed and all this stuff. I don't, I don't know if this is a real fact or not, but it seems like the amount of religious people I knew back in the day versus what I know now and what it used to be from like what we've read in history seems very different. Yeah. Um, the growth rates of religion have been declining for, right. Yeah. Like I believe I grew up Mormon. If yeah. you, sorry, Mormons, <laughs> but like, if you do look at the stats, the growth rates have been declining since the seventies every year, every yeah. year. And so, and that's just due to like scientific the internet and the internet and whatever you want to call it. Right now, AI is going to be like well the the thing that the the thing that I think gets challenging is like what happens when people start living to 150 mm -hmm. and 250 and like you know things that are unimaginable to us today that become possible because of AI yeah cuz AI can help you Figure that out. Figure out. Right. Anything. Life Space travel. Or like what happens like when we have a, a colony on the Mars on Mars and on the yep. moon and those kind of things challenge, I think, God in a major way. Have you ever heard this expression? I think from Carl Sagan that God is a ever shrinking um damn it, I'm not gonna remember. But the basic idea is that God represents everything we don't know, and the more that we discover, the smaller God gets. Yeah, and that's kind of the whole thing, right? Religion was used as a way to explain things back in the day. Right. It's a mechanism for finding yeah. the truth that's been supplanted by science. I think once we figure out how we got here, if we ever figured out, like I think right now, evolution, right? Everyone believes yeah. evolution. Or I guess I can't say everyone. We're in Texas right now. Yeah, I that's think true. There's, there's some creationists out there. Yeah, but like, you know, we got here somehow. Um, yeah, that's all we know, right? We got here somehow. And then someone might be like, okay, um, there must be people outside somewhere else why are we the only ones that are here us, eight billion or seven and a half billion whatever you want to call us um once we figure out it's like venturing out into space further 
We might run into another civilization. Is are there aliens? I don't know. What do you think? I feel like it feels very, very difficult that in the Milky Way where this tiny little speck of dust, and the Milky Way is a tiny speck in the entire universe, universe galaxy, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Universe, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gotta be someone out there. I don't know how far they are if we'll ever see them in our definitely not in our lifetime. Maybe our lifetime. Who knows if AJ is coming in five years. <laughs> um the thing I, eventually, I think there has to be. There has to be mathematically. Yeah. Like, there's no chance that we're just like this unique creation. Blah blah blah. I kind of like this idea of panspermia. Have you heard of that? No. It's I think a pretty good explanation. Good. It's just that like so in space you have all of this stuff moving around in space, and you have like an asteroid mm -hmm. that hits a planet. When it hits that planet, a bunch of ejecta flows out into space. Mm. What if that ejecta had a bacterium on it that was resistant to the vacuum of space? Well, like all of a sudden, life can spread infinitely across the universe. So like the evolution of life, like, like DNA is all the same. You're 40% a banana. You're 60% an insect. You're 80% a monkey. You're 100% a human. But like 40% a banana, that's a big percentage. You know, yeah. like that's like a lot of code resharing. Right. Or like that's a lot of code sharing. Now that you put it like that, that sounds very plausible. Yeah, like we're all basically the same genetic code. We've got four letters that makes the whole DNA thing. Yeah. All it has to do is evolve once anywhere in the universe and then it can spread through basically these like sperm Asteroid spermia yeah, yeah 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 uh panspermia yeah. and wow. and so it kind of simplifies the requirements of life from some insurmountable challenge into okay in the vast cosmos mm -hmm. and all of space and time it only had to happen once and then it could propagate right and like galaxies merge with each other like we're going to merge with andromeda um, like all of these different, yeah. uh, all, like, there's all these different interactions. So it didn't even have to come from within our local group of galaxies. It could have, it could have happened in the first, you know, 5 billion years of space and time and mm. just been propagating forever. Yeah. Like one thing that doesn't make sense to me is how big of an asteroid had to hit for all these dinosaurs to go extinct. I have no idea. Probably pretty big. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But it was a good thing it did because that's when we came on the scene. That's right, yeah. I don't know. This is wild. I do definitely believe, though, as AI and more technological advances come, the the, the religion is going to go down. It's going to get challenged. Yeah, 100% at least challenged, yeah. Yeah. I think people need to believe in something, though. Yeah. But why can't you believe in the species? Why can't you believe in the fact that, as far as we could tell, we're the only shit in the universe that can talk? True. Right? Well... <laughs> animals communicate right and they do but and that's cool too but like there's nothing like you can't talk to um anything else you can't talk to the moon you can't talk to the ocean right like everything in a star is way less complicated than an ant hmm. you know like what is a star a giant cluster of hydrogen or whatever it's got right, some elements right, right. yeah yeah it's just, it's like a couple of things an ant is like infinitely more complex and then you get to uh mammals and then you get to humans and then you get to you know somebody like uh 
uh, Stephen Hawking or Einstein or whatever, like people that create breakthroughs right. in, in physics. And that's another thing I think that AI is going to challenge. One of the things that I, I got to calm down about this because I get a little too excited. But like I get really annoyed with physicists who put limits on things and they like this expression that that's physically impossible. I'm like, according to physics, that's like right. saying that's arithmetically impossible. OK, well, that's why we created calculus. Right, right. I, yeah, um, I think there was like that. There's two kinds of physics, too, right? There's like one that it, Newtonian. Yeah. And uh, quantum. Quantum. And they both are at odds with each other right right there's no grand theory that yeah. unifies everything although but that could be cool there's like the the schrodinger's cat thing like we can't measure where something is and when we measure it we lose the observer effect and yeah, the uncertainty exactly. principle so like how does that okay how does that make sense with when we're doing exactly other shit? like okay so you're telling me you're flying people to space yeah. but you still haven't figured out this like we haven't like come to a like terms with i'd like to ask a physicist ones, this yeah. that is like very confident in their understanding of physics is like as far as i can tell most of the balance sheet of the universe is unknown like is dark matter basically mm. well what is dark matter we don't know like yeah. it's maybe it's some kind of like quantum effect but we don't really have a clue what it is and so um the point is like what is infinity you know, like there's obviously higher mathematics, there's obviously higher physics yet to be discovered. Mm -hmm. And until we have a complete understanding, this is a question that I think will be needs to be answered. Mm -hmm. And we're very far from is what is the nature of reality? The religious people like to say that um, my God created the earth and right. it's the God of Abraham or it's the Buddha God or it's the whatever, whatever Zeus. Right. Right. And they like to say that this one theory explains everything. Mm -hmm. Everything can be contained in that theory. Crazy. Not true. I don't believe like, I don't, <laughs> well, like, like there's like one be true. thing that you can say is for everything. Like there's no one universal law to explain it all. Well, if there was, we would be able to explain every physical phenomena ever witnessed and we can't. Right. Yeah. So we know that the we know that our um knowledge of the reality is limited mm -hmm. based off of these phenomena that we can't explain and then the question becomes how limited is it maybe the wise thing to think would be like we don't know shit about shit about shit about shit mm -hmm. and everything is yet to be discovered right because when we put these barriers on our knowledge it constricts our thinking but with ai now you have this thing that doesn't have these barriers yes uh, and a lot of people were explaining, like uh, our head of AI, he's a physics guy. Um, and so he's like, I, the reason I want to do AI is because I want to learn more about physics. See, I love reality. that. I love that. Um, and he's like, he's super philosophical. He's a genius. Um, he was saying that with AI, you can have like this companion that can help you understand these other things that right now we just don't have the time to either research or... Like explore we can't dedicate we, we our lives we can't to. do our like do these calculations yes and so now ai can just go run all these simulations like yes. agi and that's what he's like now we'll know he just wants to know curious guy interesting yeah like what kind of theoretical physics so this is another question mm -hmm. that's very philosophical related to ai is it going to be able to generate 
its own new things. Like people say mm. that AI can only generate what it's managed to. What it's seen. What it's seen, right. right. That's but, how it was before, though. So all these images that we generate are never before seen. Exactly. Right. And each one of them is unique. Is totally unique. Never seen before. Never seen before. So that's my point. Is like we're already there. Mm -hmm. AI is already creative. Now, it's taking inspiration for sure. Well, it's and, a tool. It's a paintbrush. Yeah. And it's just like a human brain. Excuse me. Um, it's like a human brain. If I wanted to paint something, that's based off the things that I've seen before in the past. Mm -hmm. If you told me as a baby mm -hmm. to paint something, I'm going to paint something completely different. Yeah. Um, because first of all, I don't know what the hell a person is, right? And so the AI had to learn what all these things are. And so now all these lawsuits that are coming in yeah, makes sense. Yeah, but we taught the thing. Uh, when I say we. We someone, trained it. Yeah, yeah. humans trained this kind of, uh, what do you want to call it? It's not even living. Yeah, like synthetic this logic framework. Yeah. <laughs> like what? Uh, we just told it these things based off the internet. Yeah. Um, but like, like if you go back to someone in the 80s, they're not going to draw you a flat screen TV like this. They're going to draw oh, you like, huge CRTs. Right. Or like a monitor that's a CRT. Uh, because they've never seen a flat screen TV. But if you go to a kid today and you ask them, can you show me what is the phone? Like, what is a phone? They'll show you like an iPod or an yes. iPhone. Yes. They don't, they've never seen flip phones. Yes. Uh, so it's based on what you've seen in the past, which makes a ton of sense to me. Yeah. Um, and it's, I think it is going to be creative in that way. Yeah. yeah. And it's going to unlock other people's creativity because it'll inspire them to think of things that they've never thought before. Right. And that is going to be like another power of it is I, like we're all, I think, very similar. Mm. We're all structured. First of all, we're all mammals, right? Yeah. So like we could just start there. And um, so I think we're all having very similar ideas. And I think that we're all trying to predict the future in a certain way, even just like automatically, like, what are you going to do tomorrow? What mm. are you going to do next month, year, blah, 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 blah. And in those considerations, we come up with ideas and they can be products. We're going to have, now you can edit an image. First, we're going to make it so that you can take a prompt and style it and get a cool image. Right. Now we're going to make it so uh, that you can. There's all these other things you can add on. Eventually, there'll be newer models that yeah. can do other things that can be like, I don't know. There's all sorts of things. I can't even come up with things that are going to come out. Exactly. Because but it's. You, because you haven't research. been exposed to them wait. yet. Exactly. Like, once you're exposed to the new ideas, the new frameworks, the new physics, whatever mm -hmm. it's called, then that's going to get the brain juices going and you're going to dream up all sorts of stuff. Creativity is unlocked. It's unlocked and unlimited. It's unlimited. Yeah. And so, yeah, man, your company is going to unlock the creativity of a lot of people. It unlocked my creativity. <laughs> that's for sure. Well, that's what we're here for. Yeah. It's pretty neat. I love it, man. Well, thank you so much for spending your time with me. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's been such a fun talk. I mean, this we'll have to fun. do it again sometime. I have so many AI questions. Cool. I'll come back with better facts. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, okay. So let's pump Wamba as much as we can. W.com, Wamba, w. Dream AI. App, W.ai. Dream.ai. Um, Wombo.ai. I'm going to get back in there, man. Especially yeah. now that you've gotten we edit got images. That's going to be yeah. so cool. The new models are insane. So oh, yeah. we just recently got our generation times down like crazy. But then we got this new unlock that we just added for free again. Um, and it's been bumping up our usage like crazy. It is so fun to see like 
just all the crazy shit people come up with. On I the love feed. your business. I love your business. It's fun stuff. Let's uh, fucking go. Yeah. Okay. Thank you guys for Thanks. joining us.